0: Previously
1: on AFTN I, I can't believe it Vancouver Whitecaps are Stanley Cup champions <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 what? what? I, I just saw the Caps won the Stanley Cup Oh, good you. <laughs> <job. laughs> Absolutely <laughs> tremendous If I'd known they played hockey as well I'd have taken a bigger interest in it <laughs> After the Voyagers Cup I think that's our, that's our second most important trophy <laughs> that we've won um, I'd thought wanted Robbo out <laughs>
2: there in football world, you're listening to There's Still Time, the AFT and Soccer Show, broadcasting live from the CITR FM studios at the University of British Columbia on the unceded musqueam Territory. If you're listening to us on the podcast, this is episode 276. My name is Steve Pander.
3: I'm Zachary Adam Eisenhammer.
2: And there's no Michael McCall. RIP. Relaxing in Portland.
3: He's not, well, he's on the coast.
2: Oh, Oregon coast, but close to Portland. yeah, yeah. yeah. There's obviously, like we, uh, as everybody knows, there's no Whitecaps news this week. Not even any news, really. Wait, what? the only news is Robo's in Toronto, apparently, um, on the post game well, shows. Not apparently, he is. He's, yeah, yeah, he's at the TSN <laughs> yeah. studios in Toronto. In Port- well, I don't know where they keep him. Right, they, they might hide him somewhere. Uh, but he's he's there in Port- in, in Toronto. Uh, Michael's in Portland. Nobody's here to make any news in the in, for the Whitecaps. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot of news somewhere else in the world. Russia, a lot of news this week. It's a big week. Yeah, we'll talk about the games itself in a bit, um, but why talk about 2018 World Cup when we're talking about the most important World Cup that's going to happen in the universe um, in 2026? The United bid won it.
3: What are your thoughts? <laughs> mixed feelings. Yeah, it was def- how can it how can it not be mixed feelings? I'm kind of over it a little bit. You're over over what? Over the fact that
2: it's not going to happen in Vancouver. Not not over like I'm like I'm still a little disappointed, but I'm not like. Like, the way people were saying, like, it's, I don't know, it's negligence and you know, scandalous. Like, well, actually, that was Peter Shad. Peter Shad said that, um, that it was negligence and sh- scandalous that it's not in Vancouver.
3: Well, I would, uh, I would agree with that.
2: I, I know a lot of people still would agree. I still, and I think, you know, before we get to the actual vote, there was an article where um, they were talking about Edmonton still needing help from the provincial government uh, in order to secure them as a city. So I'm thinking maybe if that doesn't happen, there's still a chance to see who gets reelected first. <laughs> well, did you, did you
3: listen to uh, uh, Victor Montaliani talking yeah. about this on the radio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On 650? Yeah, he
2: says it's, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, that's the thing is one of the reasons why this should be viewed so negatively. And yeah. if you, it, for, for me, like, I don't care about the politics. So, like, put the politics to the side. Whatever your politics are, I don't have anything against you. If you're this, you're that, you're that. I don't care about that. But if you're, if you're for football, and again, also, if you hate FIFA, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. You can hate FIFA and want to host the World Cup. In fact, I would argue, if you hated FIFA and you wanted to express your concerns over who they are and how they function, what better way than to be a host city and to actually have a voice in that way? Have, like, have, have it so that they're, you know, they're, they're, stuck, they're, they're stuck listening to you, in a sense, because they are where you are and you can make yourself, uh, you can make your perspective known. So so even if you hate FIFA, even if you if you can put aside politics, uh, to me this does feel scandalous and negligent because this was not signing on guaranteed from the the city or the province or whatever. They could uh, they could have chosen to say yes, we want to be a part of this and still by 2021 said actually no. Now we you know, we know more. More more information there. More hard details, hard numbers are there. We actually don't feel comfortable with this and moving forward forward with this, because that's what could happen to Edmonton. That's what that like. There is a there is a uh, I forget, I don't know the month, but there is a date in in twenty twenty one where you can say actually no we're no longer willing to host yeah. And the fact that the 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 BC provincial government. Wasn't willing even to do that. Does show that for them this was all about politics. This was all about, I guess, playing to a base or playing to some audience. I don't know who. That yeah. um, you know that the, they that they wanted to somehow stand up to FIFA or whatever. It's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. If you're if you if you love football and you and you and you are you're happy that this has transpired as is uh, no i am I, I, definitely not, not happy i don't I don't, it. I don't understand how you can have that perspective
2: i can understand I, I i personally think that the ndp just dropped the ball i don't think it was that they were standing up for something i, I, I don't think i think they were just they didn't know what they were doing honestly and they thought or maybe they thought they were, this was going to be a, like a big scam or something like that and they, or they were just playing to their audience which I, know, I i know a lot of people are upset about the world cup but there's a lot of, big, a lot of people that don't care if the World Cup is coming here at all, like a big, big, a big percentage of people, I don't know what the percentage is. Right. A lot of percentage. well,
3: I know the scale is different, right? But you look at the Women's World Cup. If the Women's World Cup had been bad for politicians and bad for the finance, fin- like finance in financial terms, do you not think that people would be shouting that off the rooftops? The people who lost money, or the people who politically looked bad because they allowed it to happen, do you not think that would happen? So yes, the scale is a little bit different. Uh, the investment I guess would be different, but would therefore if the risk is different, would the reward potentially not be as as good or better? And so that that I just it, it's mind-boggling to me. Mind-boggling. No, I totally
2: understand that. But let's get to the vote. It was kind of surprising that it wasn't even that close. It w- <laughs> I thought it was I thought it would be much closer, but then when I, when I woke up because I wasn't going to wake up for the actual vote.
3: Well, it was only on on BN or D right? Yeah. 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 Uh, but, I still don't have to yet.
2: Well, they were they were showing highlights on SportsNet, I thought. They were showing a replay later on when I woke uh, well, so I woke up was Yeah. But
3: it. Li- live at 3 in the morning yeah. right, when the thing started, it was
2: But it was 134 to 65. And like they only needed 101 to 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 get the actual uh, the World Cup, and it was that, so that's a lot. Because everybody was talking about, oh, it's so close. It's you know, it's going to be much closer than what it was supposed to be.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, there's there's a number of things that obviously go against the the Moroccan bid, right? You look at the uh, camera, the, the technical term, but the evaluations they did of the of the cities and the, and the and the stadiums and whatever, and the United bid was like 4.0 or 4.1 out of five. And uh, uh, Morocco was, I want to say, 2.7 uh, 2. or something like that out of five. And two, 2 was the passing. You have to get 2.0 to pass. Like, so there was that against it. There's all, all kinds of um, – uh, there's a perspective on on how uh, you know uh, Moroccan culture is set up and how it would not uh, – there's a feeling it would not be inclusive to the people from different cultures. So there is a concern over that. Yeah. Um,
2: well, this is the first year they actually did it, where they actually graded the people and let people know what the grades were for this yeah. place, right?
3: And then third, the third thing for me actually that I think is against them was the switch from thirty-two to forty-eight, to 48. And, and 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 I would personally still be in the perspective that that's a bad switch for for FIFA for football in general. Um, but I think that definitely worked against Morocco. I think I think Morocco has a few more supporters if. Uh, if this was just a 32-team World Oh, come. for sure.
2: I think cause I think it's the third time they've been
3: nine now. I um, think it's more than that. I think, it's, it? I think they bid like the last – because they bid as they bid, – you're right. It's at least three times. Yeah. Because they bid – they lost to South Africa. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's a whole – I don't know if – have you seen that? Have you watched that? No, I didn't watch that. You need to watch – I think it's called Planet Football or or whatever. It's, I think it's mostly in French with, with English subtitles. It's on Netflix. It talks all. It talks all about that. Yeah. Basic, basic, basic. Just a quick aside. Basically, Jack Warner, who was the president of ConCACAF at the time, went to the African countries and said, "Pay me, and you'll win." Yeah. And I think basically what happened is Morocco gave him a. Uh, from what I remember, according to the movie, Morocco gave him like a million dollars, and I think South Africa gave him like ten million. Okay. And, and so, so, they, so, Konk- all, all ConCACAF voted for voted for south africa and that's that's what happened so th- there's a lot of there's a the history of that obviously is this is, is dodgy and this is one of the reasons one of the black marks on on fifa and on the game on the game of football and that some people are uh up in arms about um which is totally understandable um but yeah I, there were a number of things working against the, the the moroccan bid however all the all the uh what i do know and from people I know in the CSA and connected to the CSA, they were legitimately concerned about this. Even people I know connected to the CPL kind of went all quiet about the World Cup. Yeah. Whereas before, it was kind of like, hey, this is one of the things that's going to help help the league, and the league is hopefully going to play a role in helping, is getting ready to host the World Cup. Yeah, for sure. And, and then that, that talk died. Now, even when I asked some questions, just casually asked some people some questions. They didn't want to answer them so much anymore, yeah. Because I think there was a real sense that whether it's because of the of the global politics with you know the American president or whatever, yeah. there was all these concerns that the United bid was on its way. It was nosediving.
2: Basically. Yeah, I think the the really good positive thing about this, though, the, especially in the talking about winning the vote, is there was a lot of um, uh, I don't know if we want to say buzz or just free advertising for the CPL. There's a lot of mentioning of the CPL during a lot of people like DeVos and a lot of interviews where they talked about it. They men- always mentioned the CPL being here next year, and that's going to help kind of ramp up everything. And I think Herdman even mentioned it a couple of times in his interviews. So I think a lot of positivity there that they, that they got a, you know,
3: kind of a bump from the World Cup vote. Well, because part of – when you sit down and you talk to the CPL people, this is part of what they say. It's like, look, we're – <laughs> this is Canada. We we don't have our own league, and we are poor. We are poor at the international level. We need to be better. We can be better. One of the ways that we can get better is by having our own league, and so this is a part of the mandate. This is a part of the um, the whole ethos behind the CPL is to develop Canadian players to make yeah. Canadian players better. Um, it's not it's not simply to have a league just so Canadians can play. It's to help them get better. Help them get better so that they, and they would say this, the CPL people would say this, so that they can, so that we can qualify for the World Cup and, and take steps uh, towards that and take steps beyond that in an ideal world.
2: Yeah. Um, let's go back to the vote a little bit. A few uh, strange uh, voting, um, I don't know if you can even call it strange. Iran voted for none. They were, I think they were the only one that voted for neither. Um, that was kind of weird because you think they would vote for Morocco. I don't know if there's strained relationships between Morocco and Iran. Um, so Spain abstained. Brazil uh, voted went against uh, their whole federation and voted for Morocco because... Apparently the whole Federation was going to vote as a block for the United Bid, and that, that didn't happen. Oh, a yeah,
3: so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So th- th- any thoughts on that? Do you th- do you find that strange or th- is just, it, maybe it's just politics and that we don't know of that going on.
3: It, to me, like those things are not huge because the, the gap was so, so significant. Right. Like if the gap, if the gap was like 10 or less or something, right. And you had these three, these three kind of, um, awkward votes or, you know, uh, votes were that you didn't expect them, or people didn't toe the line, or whatever. Then I think it would be more significant. But the fact that the the gap was so large, and these 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 people, or these sort of these countries, these federations were able able to freely do what they wanted to do, is probably a good thing. Um, yeah. What did you do? Do you think? Do you think there's any?
2: I I don't know I I'm not sure like it, 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 it's like we said it's the first time that everything was public we know who everybody voted yeah. for and like like we like we talked about when they first saw it we weren't sure if people were gonna vote because they were afraid of what they're like for example a North Korea are they gonna vote for the United Bid because they're scared of what. Um, their government's going to save because before it was private, nobody would know who yeah, voted for sure. it. So, because it's out in the open, you're worried about who's going to vote for who at that point. So, it was kind of like a two-edged thing where it might have helped the United bid, or it might have hurt the United bid. But I, I I don't know. It's weird to see um, Iran vote for nobody. I thought they would go against the United bid in Spain and Spain. Well, they didn't vote for nobody. They, they voted vote for, for neither of yes, these two. Yes. Yeah, Maybe yeah. they wanted to host and get their no, bid in. No, and I don't. I know that yeah. Nothing yeah. could happen. Not at this time. No. Um, we talked about it before. Montaglia did say that nothing's, um, you know, eight, eight years is a long way away, and nothing, anything can change. But it's kind of dead right now, Vancouver. We talk, you, you know, just to reiterate that that that's not. You don't think it's going to happen, but or or do you hold any hope at all?
3: I don't know. In, in life in general, I I'd like to think I'm a hopeful person. Yeah. So, yeah. But when
2: I, it comes I, to politics, maybe not. <laughs> well,
3: so I I, I want to hold that hope because I think I think when you when you talk about canada and football i think vancouver needs to be a part of, like needs to be a part of something this significant right i think toronto should be i think montreal should be i have no problem with edmonton Yeah. but i think vancouver needs to like it, one of the things i don't know, one of the things that the day of or the day before or just after the bid i think it was just after the bid just or just after the vote happened yeah i don't know if you, uh, you were watching or following or whatever i wasn't watching terribly closely But every single thing that came up in my my feed or in 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 the the email, the email from the CSA that went out, the image is from BC Place. It's from, I think, World Cup qualifiers at BC Place. Yeah. They showed the video that they showed at the thing or whatever. I think almost all the images except for one are from… BC Place or outside of BC outside of BC Place, right? Yeah, And know that's understandable because the last number of qualifiers and games, whatever, have been here.
2: And the World Cup, Women's World Cup, and everything. The Women's
3: World Cup, but still, it was just like now that now that's not going to be a part of it. Just it's just weird. So do I hold? I do hold out hope. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what. uh, I don't know the. I don't know if there's a a way to change this. I don't know. I don't know what that could look like, Um, but. I'll I'll probably be asking some people if there, if there if there I'm, is a way. I just still don't understand why we had to get
2: like full government approval for something that's eight years down the road, like for the to, you know guarantee the city. I know the government had an option to opt out as well. So I don't I, I just don't get it why everything had to be so set in stone at this point before they go in. The, you, well, every, that's the thing. It didn't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> both on both sides. I know. Even the the bid committee didn't have to make something set in stone. They didn't have to go to the government and have it. Well, oh, we need we need you to commit now. Why did you need it now? You could have committed well, when they, the, when the second it. deadline
3: came up. No, but they needed to put stuff in their bid to say these are the places that it might be. Right? I know,
2: but but the, why do they have to stick to that now? Like, what are, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, why did everything have to be so so But whatever the case is, can, uh, Vancouver still could have a be a, a big part, in, like as in a training um, a training facility and maybe some uh, so fr- the, friendlies or something like that. It could happen. Do you think that's possible, or do you think they're just going to stick with? The, uh, because by then, another government could be in place. Do you think they'll still stick with uh, the cities that are picked? Like you said, yeah. anything's possible. Yeah, because
3: How- we do have the Vancouver Whitecaps training facility that, that could be used for uh, other countries. A- anything's possible. However, the impression I've been left with is that this was not just about the, the World Cup. But, you know, one of the big things was that there hadn't been a national team game in Vancouver for like over a decade before these qualifiers came on the men's side right and the impression i got was it might be a long time again before you before we people see canada playing in in vancouver again now hopefully john herdman who li- lives locally yeah. will have some kind of say in that and will do something about that but there are like there are rifts there are there are problems in some of these relationships no. that i don't know i don't know it's how, been like
2: that for years now
3: <laughs> no but no i mean like with with this world cup thing there's yeah, yeah. this a new yeah. A new, issue, a new, 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 a new openings, issue. yeah. And so I, like, I don't know, I don't know if that, how that, if that can be mended, or how easily it is to, you know. But in terms, but maybe of, you know, we just need Alfonso
2: Davies to bring everybody together. Yeah, but he's, he's he he's makes great, excited, he's, he makes great speeches. But, uh, he's excited to play in Edmonton. Edmonton. Yeah, yeah, so he's not gonna. <laughs> you must be happy about that.
3: Who Edmonton? Oh,
2: for sure. Yeah. But I, I think I'll probably go down to Seattle if I do go to any games. I
3: don't think Canada's gonna be playing in Seattle. Does
2: that matter to you? I don't know if they're gonna play in Edmonton. They could play all the games in the East as well. You never know. You never know. Yeah. Um, last thing, we'll talk about the the vote. What do you see happening in the next few years? Like, is there anything tangible, or is everything going to be kind of behind closed doors? Do you think do, do they leak anything out, or do you, the organizing? Yeah, community? the organizing committee. Do you think they, they'll they'll b- break some, or do you think? Obviously, we're going to get probably a, a youth tournament here um, uh, within North America. I don't know if they're going to split it amongst all three countries, or just going to uh, do. And also. Is Canada? Do you think Canada gets an automatic bid, or do you think they're going to have to uh,
3: yeah, host spot? Yeah,
2: I think I don't th- I th- I know they haven't uh, ratified it, but I don't see how it can't happen.
3: Yeah, they, that has to happen. Yeah, the the biggest they, they've
2: given six spots to CONCACAF. Yeah,
3: that's the thing. The biggest the biggest switch is that, um, or so the biggest help to that. Is as much as I don't like it, is the going to 48 teams, yeah. And now that, yeah, Conca will have more spots, yeah. And so, if you give three to the host, there's still three or whatever available, yeah. So, it's not as unreasonable as it would have been before, right? Like, if if if, if there had been if there'd been six all, all along or something, and then you took three away, it'd be kind of different, but they're going from three and a half to six, yeah. So, it's it. You, you, you got to think the other members of CONCACAF, the other federations that are part of CONCACAF, that softens the blow for them.
2: Yeah, I, I, I see them getting an automatic bid. I know it's not confirmed and everything like that, but like. I, I just don't see it like where you would have a host. I know uh, the Euros that are coming up, that everybody's going to have to qualify. But that's a little bit different because it's a smaller field.
3: No, but this is coming... The, you, like
2: Scotland and, and, and it's going to be in the UK or something like that. Uh, no, what are the
3: upcoming ones. No, the, the next, you know what the next Euro is? Where? They're doing something they've never done before. There's It's it's host cities across Europe.
2: Oh, okay. So then everybody still has to bid. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that's the reason why then. Yeah. Because they, everybody has to Exactly. They, yeah, so th- that's the... That's understandable. That if if that's the case, that happens, that you know you have to you have to qualify. But this is where there's three no, set countries, yeah, and I probably. think that it's a World Cup. How are you going to play games in Canada and not have the host country there? Yeah, no. it's kind of it would be disastrous. I think maybe not I, I don't, maybe not I, to the big world, but definitely to Canada's uh, soccer future if they don't they're not yeah. in the World Cup while hosting.
3: It would be yeah, because I think this is the thing. This. Is, uh, there's already this sentiment of like, okay, so if we're hosting 2026 and we're in 2026. I think that provides a new impetus to the qualifying for 2022. Now, I'm not saying that means, oh, we're going to qualify for 2022, but it, it change. It's a game changer, right? It changes things. It, you want to, you like, you want to. There's a heightened sense of there's a heightened desire to qualify for 2022 because you don't want your return to the World Cup to be. Not on merit, right? Not, yeah. not as a as a host. You want it to be on merit. You want yeah. it to be on qualifying. So the the one thing. So the, I think that'll provide John Herdman, his staff, the CSA in general, uh, like great inspiration for the 2022 campaign. And we obviously we hope that to see them qualified, I, just because we love Canada. Yeah. But um, the one thing I'll say in terms of cooling that is, or the kind of the other side, the other end of the spectrum is, uh. What happened with Germany, right? So with Germany won the bid in around 2000 to host 2006. Yeah. It was also the summer in Euro where they bombed out in the group stage. Really, really poor performance. A lot of a lot of aging players. Not a lot of people making the breakthrough. Young players making the breakthrough. And as a country, they basically came together and said, we got to fix this. So the, the, the National Federation and then the DFL – who controls the like the Bundesliga? They all came together. The clubs and the national team all came together. And said, "What are we going to do about this?" Yeah, and, and that's when they started to invest in um, development, in development in a huge way, coaching yeah. and and how they did development. If you read, um, oh, I'm forgetting the name of the book right now, uh, Ra- uh, Raphael Honingstein's book. Um, we'll check the title. and yeah. get back. But he wrote an amazing book about the story with this. But so that's what they did to host 2006. Yeah. In 2006, they it did, didn't
2: work out. No, well, they did okay. Yeah, yeah, they came third at, yeah, home, at home. Yeah, um, they, but it really worked for 2014. That's yeah, when it really yeah. paid dividends. They, they really saw. They yeah.
3: really saw the the thing pay off. 14 years later. <laughs> yeah,
2: and so hopefully, you know, with the CPL coming in, and they're already working, they should be working. The CSA should be working together with the CPL. Hopefully, that gets something going for 2026, where they can there would be legitimate people yeah. in the World Cup instead of just handing being handed. The, the
3: differences, of course, are. Germany in the year 2000, and Canada in Canada 2018, the football infrastructure is vastly oh, different. Oh, big time, yeah. However, also different. We, we got a fresh start, though. Right. We don't have to make too many changes. Yeah. Well, then, yeah, their infrastructure you know what was I mean. helpful. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But the other, the other difference is uh, the expectation. Like yeah, Germany, for sure. Germany was focused on winning, winning the World Cup. We're, we just want to be we legitimate. We, yeah, we want to be respectable. <laughs> yeah, we exactly. want to go out and like, you know, get out of the group stage and maybe get you know maybe knock someone out in the knockout round and that would be like that'd be that'd be great that'd be amazing
2: yeah so we'll talk about the group stages that are happening now when we come back after the break hi i'm carl valentine you're listening
4: to the aftn podcast
2: World Cup is co- going to come west in 2026, but right now it's in the east in Russia. Welcome back to the. You're listening to the AFT Soccer Show on CITR Radio, broadcasting from the unceded Muscovy territory at the University of British Columbia. A crazy tournament so far, I, I feel. I just. Uh, maybe I. Brazil didn't seem that weird. Maybe there were. Maybe I'm just I have a bad memory, and I'm only thinking of what happened in the last week. But this the, since the beginning, it's been. Unexpected things, like especially today, a lot of upsets today. You're upset, Costa Rica didn't, you know, play Kendall Waston. Ups, you know, you're upset. I don't want, you know, I don't want to rub it in. Michael asked me to rub it in, but I'm not going to rub it in until we get to it. We'll, we'll talk about it later. And then Brazil drawing with Switzerland. It's just today was like very weird. Um, what are your initial thoughts on what's going on in the World Cup? Without going into the specifics of the games. Yeah, it's been. Uh...
3: I think it's it's been fun and it's been enjoyable. It's it's always it's always great when you have I guess one to four football matches on a day of of you know especially at the international level you have people are representing their countries and stuff. Um yes, yeah, so you look forward to this every 4 years or if you love the Euros maybe every 2 years or whatever, but um so that's been exciting, it's been fun. The tournament has I I really felt this with Euro uh, a couple years ago, maybe even Brazil a little bit. For me, some of the, and this is just like I might be crazy, but like it seems like some of the the football is not as I don't know uh, exciting, maybe as it was uh, in in some uh, like earlier World Cups and some earlier Euros. Um, it seems a little bit some not all matches, but some of the matches just seem like teams are just. Have become really better at being compact in defense and just sitting back and it's been harder for teams to to break them down again, not every game <laughs> right obviously you, you know you have games like Spain and Portugal and there' is like you know two heavyweights kind of slugging each slugging having a you know a slug fest and go, you know kind of going back and forth but um yeah it just uh, it feels a little bit different um yeah. It got off to a, an okay start, right? Like, uh, or a not not surprising start, right? You, you know, Russia, the host.
2: Yeah. Well, I thought it. I knew they were gonna. I thought they were gonna beat Saudi Arabia, but no problem. Right. But I didn't expect five nothing. Yeah, I. Saudis I, look really poor.
3: Yeah, i the, on the on the match predictor thing. I think I chose like three 0 oh, Okay. For that, for that game, but.
2: Well, the last two goals were kind of, like, really late, too. Right.
3: And they were spectacular goals, too,
2: but all of them, they were... Well, like-
3: the goal, yeah, that's the one thing. I mean, the, the two headers were okay. They were fine, whatever. But the other three goals in that game, I thought, were were, were really, really quality. Like, the the, the second one were... Uh, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but Churishev. Yeah. I'm um, not trying to pronounce it. Yeah. <laughs> he he... I mean, the defending is poor, but the way the pass is made across the box to him, and he... Cho- chooses to just flick the ball in the air because he knows the defender, and in this case, defenders, both of them are going to slide. And he kind of so he flicks it up in the air just enough for it to go kind of over them as they slide through. And then he goes in and buries it on his left foot. And then and then again he receives a pass at the top of the box and hits it with sort of the outside of his left foot. He's a left-footed player hits it with the outside of his left foot. Left foot looping over the keeper was nice. Yeah, there was the free kick in that game. That was Russia nice. was, yeah. was, was was nice. So it was,
2: uh, it was I think um, everything hit the right note for them, and especially with and facing the getting the right opponent tot- where they didn't have to worry too much. Yeah, to- totally. But my main concern with them is their main star, Zugoyev. Um, their number the, ten. Num- he he went out early. number nine. Oh, he's number nine, but he plays in a number ten role.
3: Right, but he's, yeah, okay, yeah,
2: but so but he went out with straight. a hamstring or injury. Okay.
3: Yeah, yeah. That was not good for them, but the, the but guy, the, the guy Subuti scored the goals, yeah. 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 So so hopefully that worked out for them. One of my favorite things, I don't know, I don't know about you, Steve, but one of my one of the most humorous things of that that match, with especially with all the goals, was how virtually after every goal they cut to the 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 president's box at the Luzhniki Stadium, yeah, and you had uh, Gianni Infantino, the president of FIFA, in the middle, yeah, and you had Vladimir Putin. <laughs> Putin on yeah. one side, and then. I, I don't know the guy. I don't know the gentleman. The Saudi name. Prince. Yeah, I think yeah. so. On the other side, it was like after like the last three goals each time, Putin sort of looks over at him and like shrugs, like, eh, "What can you do?" <laughs> you know, like it was just like to me, it was comical. Like it was, I, I expect to see that on some of the talk shows next next week. Kind yeah. of thing, you know, like <laughs> for sure, it was it was re- to me really really funny. Um, but it was nice that Vlad wore a shirt too. Oh, for sure.
2: No, <laughs> oh, yeah, it doesn't happen often. Um, the, the Saudis obviously we will go. Last thing we'll talk about this. You know, they're part of a 32 team um Group, what do you think how this is gonna look when it goes to forty eight? Yeah, oh. or are you hoping that the the people just get better that remember forty eight teams you're getting a lot more European teams that like the for example the Dutch Italians would definitely have made it and stuff like that. Oh,
3: did you see did you, Did you see on TSN today? No. Oh, okay, so TSN is trying to up their game. Yeah, yeah. right. I mean, I mean. It's kind and,
2: of op- and they are doing a decent job, especially bringing Howard Webb in. So, you have well, but I, I would like him to k- interrupt the games actually, like while they're re- reviewing, they interrupt the games and he talks about it during the game. That would itself. be so bad. Yeah,
3: it, it is a little bit awkward that they continue this policy of like if you don't have a, 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 British, a- British accent, yeah you, yeah, you can't get in the studio, right? Yeah, yeah. you got Luke Weinman, Christian Jack, Steve Caldwell. I think Andy Petrello is the only one that doesn't have English accent, yeah, but she's not, she's in the evening show, yeah. And, right?
2: Well, no, she's also in the highlights and everything, she sets up yeah. some of the stuff too,
3: but. Okay. Yeah. Um. It's the only times I've seen her has been in the evening. But, but it's, I um, agree
2: with you. The, whoever's in the broadcast yeah. Carl, Carl Robinson Twitter and Web. then yeah. now now Howard Webb. Yeah.
3: But they're trying to up their game. Um. They, I don't know if you saw this or you didn't see, but this morning they did. I don't know if it was it was probably pre taped. They did an interview. They did an interview with Bastian Schweinzeiger yeah. Wearing like a a Chicago Fire top and whatever, yeah. and the MLS logo in the background, whatever. And they asked him, aside from Germany, who do you think are your favorites to win the World Cup? And he he, Did he say Italy he said he said, well, he said, Italy and Netherlands are very good teams i I don't know if he said that on purpose, just yeah, to no he was joking oh okay, he was gotcha. totally totally joking okay, gotcha. and Weman like Waldman's like, oh, what do I say? What do I say? like yeah. is he joking I' couldn't tell and then like was like, are you laughing yeah. <laughs> and it was it was just the like so so, so dry hilarious. German humor yeah it was so funny
2: <laughs> um uh other uh, the other game in group a uh Uruguay and Egypt. I still think that Egypt's a solid, even though they, they, they held Uruguay quite well, giving up a late goal. Um, I think, I can't not Godin, it was his uh, center back partner that scored. I don't remember his name. Um, but I, it was oh, oh, Jose Jimenez, that's it.
3: Um, Jose Marie Jimenez. Yeah.
2: Uh, it, it was 89th minute, so they held him for 89 minutes without Salah. They didn't really get that many opportunities, but I think they were just they knew what they were trying to do, get that draw, to get, and then they knew they were going to play Russia and Saudi Arabia, save Mosalah for that.
3: Yeah, but that feels risky, doesn't it? Especially if you, after you've watched Russia hammer the Saudis 5-0. I still
2: don't have very much faith in... Uh, I know. I you might not,
3: I, I don't disagree with what yeah. you're saying, but you've got to think Russia's... The, the one thing from that game is Russia has to gain some confidence. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's for you, sure. If, that's if, if you yeah. score goals and goals like they did, there's no way you cannot... Your, your self-belief is not going to grow, right? And so uh, the whole thing with... Yeah, the coaches come out and said, yeah, he was fully fit, but we held him back. May, it makes me question: Is he really fully fit? And, yeah. and uh, no disrespect to the coach or the you know whoever's saying that on their end, but it makes you question, it, especially because of the injury. You know, everyone's seeing it in the Champions League final, and you know, some people talking about how you probably need four to six weeks to fully, fully your body to fully heal from that or whatever. And I know everyone's different, but um, and even the awkward pictures of him going to the bench and his arm stuck in his shirt, you know, like just yeah. it was all really so. Yeah, I it's like it's, to me, Steve. It feels like Egypt's playing with fire in yeah. terms of their qualification from the group, for sure. Because you've sat him out now, and if you don't get back-to-back wins in these next two games against the hosts and against Saudi Arabia, who I don't think anyone's gonna see you dropping points to, but if you don't win both those games, you're you're probably going out. Like it, it, it's even if they draw, they could draw Russia maybe, but but then it's like if they don't if they don't beat if they don't beat the Saudis by six. Then they could, you know, they could be in trouble. Now oh, the Saudis yeah. have lost once to Germany at the World Cup, eight-one. Yeah. So they you know, dropping more than five of them is not gonna but necessarily a problem. There
2: but. is also possibility that Russians lose to Uruguay worse than what Egypt did as well. That is a possibility where that that, that goal differential comes into play. And if they just beat Russia. And they beat Egypt, but he, I mean, just,
3: sorry, he, he beat Saudi Arabia. They, they're through because yeah, he was who wins. But there's also the possibility that they all they all end up with six points. Yeah, that's true. And then you then you still go out on a on goal, on difference. goal difference or yep. order, Right. So like, For sure. did, he, it just. It felt a little bit awkward, especially with the way the game was going. Yeah, and the fact that it was zero zero. Yeah, and it felt like okay, if you put on a difference maker, yeah, you could go out and you could go out and win this. I think he just thought that they could hold him off,
2: and they didn't re- like, the, like I said, 89 minute goal. They just didn't want to push it and and put in a guy and hope. Gets he gets injured, and he's completely unavailable for Russia and Saudi Arabia. But that's the thing, even yeah. at
3: zero zero. Yeah, like, I do know. You, I agree with you. At 0-0, Do you f- still feel great about that? Because no. Then, I, I, again, I wouldn't. Want, you want you want to keep the control in your own hands. So that yeah. that for me was was, was strange, and, and that was a game that was that uh, was not a great game of yeah. football, right? Like it was the, the Russian game. Okay, it, it, that was exciting because of goals. Was, it was overmatched, yeah. and so there was some there was some excitement. In the host, the full stadium, whatever. I uh, think
2: I, I personally think on a neutral field, uh, Saudi Arabia gives Russia a better better run. I, I, I Saudi Arabia gives Russia a better run. Like they, 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 it's not as bad as five nothing on a neutral field. Oh, I yeah, think because yeah. it's in Russia. Oh, totally. The,
3: the 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 other thing I'll say is that um, I think like I would in that game, the Egypt Uruguay game, I would I kind of expect Uruguay to win on who they are, even on form, uh, roster, Salah, not all those. I expected Uruguay to win, but I really wanted Egypt to win. Yeah. Like I really, really wanted to see them see them do something, and now it feels like they might not get to do something. And it's 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 been quite a while since they've been to the World Cup.
2: Yeah. Well, this is Egypt's third World Cup and their first since 1990. Like you mentioned, it's been a while. That was two years before Vancouver Whitecaps midfielder Ali Ghazal was born. Michael got a chance to catch up with Ali to talk about what, what it was like being for the country to be back at the World Cup and what it means for the country. What he thinks their chances are. I looked through the 1990 Panini sticker album with him to see which players for uh, for <laughs> them became a part of Egyptian football, football folklore. It's kind of hard to see there. Um, So uh, let's uh, listen to Michael and his talk with Ali Ghazal.
1: So Ali, big month coming up, obviously, for, for Egyptian football. First World Cup for Egypt since 1990. Yes. First one that you've been alive that yeah, you can actually no, watch watch your national team. <laughs> yeah. The just to go back a little bit to that nineteen ninety team. I know you weren't around, but like have they always been held up in Egyptian football as like a once in a lifetime kind of group of players? Do they kinda of have a bit of folklore status in the country?
5: Yeah. yeah, they were fantastic players. They were like really good uh good quality, like really good players. Um and they made it to the World Cup, you know. Uh, after them, we had a lot of good generation after them, but they didn't make it to the World Cup. so that's what like stays in the mind of the people. Uh, we had the great group that made like three cans of, in row after each other. They made like everything beautiful games, and but they didn't make it to the World Cup. So it's different now, it's special. That group, they made it to the World Cup, so it will stays forever. Yeah. But
1: when you were a boy growing up, what, what's the first World Cup that you can remember watching on, on television? Um,
5: 98. In nine, France. In France, yeah. I think that was... I still remember some games. I was young, but uh, I, I, I remember that was my first. Yeah, the first uh, I have watched it like. I still remember, yeah.
1: And, again, when you were, you were a lad who were the Egyptian players that you kind of looked up to who did you want to kind of be like was there anyone in particular in the country that you kind of wanted to emulate
5: yeah we have a lot of good players like to be honest there is some people like I didn't see like like life to be like I want to say yeah I want to be like him but I heard about some and then when I watched like all videos like I saw like some players like they were they were really good Uh, I could say like we have um a guy he died like a few years ago. He called um, Ibrahim Ibrahim Yusuf, and he, his nickname was "The Gazelle as well. Ah-ha. yeah. But I wasn't named after him, but after I watched him, it was really nice, yeah, to be someone like him yeah. the- this year
1: because it means so much to the country or what, what is it going to mean to the country to, to be in their their first world cup since 1990
5: it's great it's great it's a good feeling it's a good feeling but uh, I don't see that atmosphere to be honest like some people are happy some people are upset I don't know why they are upset we made it to the world cup oh. but they are concerned about yeah the national team the performance blah 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 but come on you haven't been there since yeah. 90 so uh, it's just like mentality it's just a mentality But for the most of the people They are happy
1: And the, the group that, that Egypt's got it's a, it's a group that you've got a chance of getting out of Now obviously Russia's the host So that's going to be an intimidating atmosphere yeah. to, to say the least Uruguay is going to be a tough game as well yeah. Saudi Arabia you would think You should be able to beat yeah. But the, the Russia game could be what it all Kind of comes down to Do you think that with guys like Salah And all, all yeah. these people Do you think the team has a chance of advancing?
5: Yeah, my opinion, we have uh, the second best chance to go. Like, I would say, to be fair, like Uruguay going to go first. And then it will be difficult between the other uh, three national teams because it's more or less like if there is a national team better than the other, it will be like a little bit, not a big difference as Uruguay. But um, I could see the chances from Egypt are more likely than Russia and Saudi Arabia.
1: And obviously there's a lot of Uruguayan guys on, on the roster. Are you going to have a little bit of banter with them in the, the build-up yeah, to that game? They,
5: they already bet with me, but I said, no, I will not bet. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it will, it will be fun. It will be fun.
1: That's great. Thanks so much for your time today. You're yeah, welcome.
2: So that was ali Ghazal talking to michael about egypt uh obviously i think like i said that was recorded beforehand uh one nothing lost to uruguay that was gonna be the toughest opponent now they have two winnable games they win those two games they're through yeah i have no doubt i don't think russia is gonna do anything to uruguay although i would have said that about a lot of games <laughs> but the, 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 it's happened
3: yeah i too still hope i my hope is that uruguay and egypt will still go through
2: so let's go to Group B. Um, we got uh, uh, Aft and friend uh, Anna's probably on a high because Iran was able to beat Morocco. Tough week for Morocco. Uh, losing a game they should win and then losing, obviously, the vote as well. Um, but it was a late goal. It was not that great, interesting of a game, but it was an own goal. It, uh, it was It was a typical, like, goal game that nobody really wanted to go out and win, but it ended up being a victory for Iran. It,
3: it was a pretty... Dire affair, unfortunately. Yeah. And Morocco did have the better of the game. You know, uh, Mehdi Benatia, the captain of Morocco, right. uh, he should have scored in that, for, I think it was in the first half. Uh, he should have scored. Morocco had created far more. Yeah, Iran was very fortunate. They, to, need a, to, to,
2: they obviously needed Stephen Betashore on yeah, the team. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, but, that,
3: but but the one thing is that diving header on goal was, I mean, it was it was nice. It was a nice diving header.
2: For sure, um, the other the other game oh, uh, in the group E was the opposite. It was oh, instant man. classic three three Spain Portugal. Uh, Ronaldo gets th- hat trick. Costa with two. Um, Nacho, Nacho with the, well, the I goal know, of the game. One of my favorite
3: foods. I should, I should know that <laughs> he gave away the penalty. The opening of the game. Yeah,
2: that's true. So he kind of bounced it out. Yeah, and then uh, the two two was the obviously the other two goals. It, it,
3: it, it, just going back to the other game for yeah. a second. The one thing that was disappointing. So you went from obviously the host playing on the first day, and the yeah. Luzhniki is full, and like, yeah. you know it's bumping, and like whatever. Those next two games, man, there yeah. was a lot of empty seats. <laughs> yeah, those, for sure. Those next two games.
2: Well, you got to expect it. Not people. Not, not a lot of people going to be traveling for some of those teams. Yeah. Um. We'll talk about the let's talk, let's talk about uh just a couple of points from the Spain game. It was the cost his first goal. It was the a lot of people felt like it should have been a well he Pep. I uh, thought it was a foul on him. He was the defender. Pepe, Pepe sorry. Um, um, he thought it was a uh, he was fouled, but he went down really fast and got up really fast once he realized there was no foul. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was like first of all he was hit on the neck, on the shoulder area, neck shoulder area, and then he held his face, clutched his face.
3: Yeah, because if you hold your face, and the referee has to do something about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think there's anyone in the world of football who feels sorry for Pepe, who's been such a vicious. Butcher esque defender in his career, so I don't think anyone's feeling like, oh, that's I feel really bad for Pepe, and I hope he's okay, and like whatever. Like he, he was embellishing the contact to his yeah, it's called it the neck area, right? Like he, he was tr- he was trying to trying to get trying to get a foul, like he always does. Like nothing surprising there. It was nice to see one the referee, you know, allow play to continue, and on top of that, it was really refreshing to not have VAR. Come in and say, "Hey, ref, we think you should look at this." Because no. I, one of the thoughts about VAR in this World Cup, other than the fact that I love how it's like the, the VAR people are communicating with the with the broadcast teams, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah, so the broadcast teams know right away it's been what's reviewed, going- it's done, it's over, whatever. That's really nice. Because in MLS, it's like, well, we don't know what's going on here. Yeah, we'll exactly. see what the referee says. Tells us. Um, one of the things that's been uh, really refreshing with the with the with the VAR is, unlike MLS. The people who are are viewing these things aren't reading uh, the laws of the game in a uh, literalistic or or legalistic kind of way. Right? Yeah. Like like in MLS, what happened to Pepe? You you are sent off for that in MLS. Yeah, probably VAR looks at that. They show that to Toledo or whoever, yeah. and you're done. Yeah, and the game is over. And, and the game and the game is finished. And that's, so, so that's
2: so, where it was mentioned on the broadcast, and it was by Howard Webb that was on there that he says it looks like the World Cup's going to have a high threshold. For what's being reviewed, yes, and that's for what, what is clear and obvious, and they yeah. need to do that in MLS as well. I'm I'm just worried that maybe it's uh, they're they're told in MLS not to have a high threshold because they don't want people, um, uh, you know, injuries happening and, and shots mm-hmm. to the face. They're they're more worried about the what people think of what's going on with fouls and stuff like that. They don't want to be a, a danger. But uh,
3: uh, okay, but remember, MLS is the league where one friend and former teammate. Gently tapped his friend on the side of the head, yeah. and the guy got sent off. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's no common sense in MLS no. with this. With 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 what they're what they've been doing so far at the, at at, uh, at the World Cup is yeah. there more than enough common sense? Well, somebody they're, got they're...
2: slapped today. Somebody slapped somebody today, and they didn't get. Sent. Well, I think we'll s- that I think later. somehow
3: that got missed. But that's yeah. the only one. There's yeah. been at least two or three other times where I'm like, in MLS, that's,
2: that that team's that's down the a man. Red card, yeah. Yeah.
3: Oh, we'll talk about. Oh, let's talk about VAR uh, decision
2: that happened on Saturday. Group C. Um, are we are
3: we done talking about Spain? Yeah, Spain. It had, was a, it
2: was amazing. I, I got work you, at five o'clock. It, got, it was I, amazing though. It was. And I do not like Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, and he he was amazing. He scored some fantastic. The 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 one at the end was amazing. Like just it was a nice free kick. It was, it, and people uh, like Michael went on Twitter said that. David De Gea was out of position. He should have been over to that side. But if you're over to that side, then you open up the other side. So you've you got to expect the wall to do something. It was just perfectly over the wall and into the net.
3: For me, though, I'll take the natural goal over, over the, the free kick.
2: Yeah. So let's talk about Group C. Um, France and Australia, the 2-1. France kind of got lucky to get out of that game. Uh, that's one where the penalty Bar, yeah. was called. How did I, you per- feel about that one? I think it was a penalty. I I, th- I thought it was a correct call that that it was reversed. I can understand where the referee missed it because he was so far back yeah. and and from the, the angle you probably didn't see where the foul was and it was reversed. If if you're if you're gonna have VAR, that was a perfect way to call it. I know uh, the Australian coach wasn't very happy about it. And,
3: and yeah, uh, Bert van Marwijk, the Dutchman. Yeah. I, I I think I I could have understand that one going either way, but it I I I could to- I totally understand why it was given. Yeah,
2: and then in the other game. Uh, Peru and Denmark, oh, and that was kind of. Uh, Peru had the same thing where there was a VAR call. This time the guy wasn't able to ca- capitalize it. Um, he sent her way over the bar, which I think it's still up there somewhere. It, oh, hasn't it wasn't been, that bad. They haven't been shot down by Russian pilots or something like that. Cuba, Cuba, Cuba. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: Um. It wasn't that bad. I have three or four f- friends from Curva Collective who are yeah. Peruvian who are at the game. Yeah. Like they traveled. It's difficult. And uh, yeah, that, that was difficult, but like. But just seeing just seeing the Peruvians take that stadium over as their yeah. own, there, oh, it there was,
2: was the, there was like that one. The beginning of the game was fantastic. There's one
3: little sliver of, Den- of Denmark supporters, and uh, the rest of the stadium was Peru. Um, was really really insp- really really inspiring, really really encouraging. Unfortunately, it didn't help Peru find the back of the net, both from that penalty and uh, and, and otherwise. Yeah. Um, what did you think about Jose Paulo Guerrero not getting this, not getting started in that? I'm wondering if it was just that the. I don't, I don't
2: know. I'm not sure. It, it, it was, and he, I don't think he came on. Did he come on? He came on, He yeah. came on. But it, I thought he would have started, but maybe they just felt like, uh, I think that the guy's Farfan or something like that.
3: Yeah. yeah he he would have been in that position. Maybe the, he just liked his form going in. Well, yeah. Okay, one thing is, yeah, obviously Guerrero hasn't been playing. Yeah. Uh, but he's been staying ready for the, with the hopes of this. Yeah. But the, the weird thing for me is they played Farfan kind of, if I remember correctly, centrally. Yeah. And he, they say, they say that suited him better. But, like, when I used to watch him in the Bundesliga, I don't know if I ever saw him play centrally, especially alone. He was a winger mostly. Right? Yeah, he was usually wide. So yeah. it, to me, it felt a little bit weird, and uh, I, I wonder if they'll approach that differently. Other games, or I wonder if they just felt that was the right approach for for that opponent. But because um, they're it's not an easy group with with France, right? Now you lost to what everyone was considering your direct competitor in yeah. Denmark, and yeah. so. Uh, but, fr- fr- but France was not. France was not. France not, was not great.
2: Yeah, so Peru can not take because. Peru did not like while they lost the game. They they did show very well, and it was Schmeichel that made a quite a few number of saves. Casper yeah. was on his game, and I I, I I I didn't look it up. I wanted to look it up. I wanted to see if he the, him and his dad were the first father son combo to start as goalkeepers in the World Cup or not. I'm not sure. Maybe there has been somebody else, but it'd be interesting to see that. None come to mind for me, but yeah, yeah you
3: have to look it up the the uh, the other thing. Yeah, that that France game, the winner from Pogba. I know you're you're a United guy you like yeah. United or whatever so, but it felt like he it was almost felt like it was a goal it was it was oh well, it was a goal yeah. but it like it almost felt like a fluke or like it it was, pure luck it, it's or, been ruled an own goal now Oh, it's been called a yeah, they he changed went off the it, guy
2: they changed it today oh, so it was definitely okay. ruled before he was trying to do that um, I, I, I'm not sure what he, like I think he was trying to flick it past him or something like that, but it hit his, his leg, uh, uh, foot, and it went w- and was, looped in. Okay. Yeah. okay, So they, they have confirmed that's an own goal. Okay, I feel yeah.
3: better about that. But 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 even in, even in that sense, they f- it, they felt a little bit fortunate in that game because Australia was but like was buzzing right yeah. like uh, w- their work rate, uh, their again like I said at the beginning of this, their 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 compactness defensively, the way they worked for each other defensively was. What what you need to do when you're playing France and you're Australia uh, at the World Cup, um, but the fact that they struck back right away, they got that penalty, the handball off, I think it was Umtiti. Titi. Uh, they, right away they scored, uh, they converted the penalty uh, to, to 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 equalize, and and like that game was different than the games on Friday that were uh, that, that ended up in you know kind of tight tight affairs. It was. It, was, it felt like it was. It felt like a battle between two teams, even though you know uh, they weren't kind of equals. It still felt like there was a a lot of a lot of tension there.
2: Yeah, for sure. So uh, uh, that's enough of obviously A, B, and C. Let's move on to D after the break, and we'll talk about it. Like I said, after these words.
6: Hi, I'm Kakuta Mame. You're listening to AFTN Soccer So.
7: It's not time to make a change, just relax, take it easy, you're still young, that's your fault, there's so much you have to know, find a girl, settle down, if you want, you can marry, look at me.
2: Happy Father's Day to everybody out there who are fathers, some who aren't yet or who don't realize their fathers. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that was awkward. Happy Father's Day to you, those Steve.
2: <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> Welcome back. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CRTR Radio, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of British Columbia. Well, like I said, a busy weekend, and it's going to be a busy weeks of soccer. Let's get right into Group D. Um, obviously, we're kicking, kicking off with the Iceland-Argentina 1-1 draw. Um, this one, another one where... You thought Argentina would be able to pull it off, but Iceland has done this over and over and over again where they keep surprising people. One-one draw. It was a quick goal by, um, I think it was, no, Kunigaro. Yeah, yeah. Kunigaro yeah. scored uh, that the rock, and then they... Uh, Finn Finn Bardson or whatever his name is Alfred Finn, Finn Boguson. he plays, Finn Boguson, yeah he, yeah.
3: he plays for or he has been playing for Augsburg in the Boguson Yeah, game. so
2: he he uh, he's he ties it up like four minutes later and then nothing happens. Well the Argentina kept pouring it on and then the keeper keeps making saves. Finally Messi gets a penalty, he misses.
3: What did you think about the penalty?
2: I thought it was uh I thought it, again, I think it was something that was probably borderline, but I Referees are going to call it.
3: It was the opposite of how it usually is for me. Usually, yeah. when I'm watching a game and I see a penalty, I'm like, "Oh, that's not a penalty." And yeah. then I watch the replay. I'm like, "Oh yeah, it was a penalty." Yeah. This was when you watched it. Li- when I watched it live, I felt, "Oh yeah, it looks like he totally clatters and like runs into him." Yeah. Then when I watched on the replay, I'm like, "I think it was." A more- I, think, I was like, "He's like he's going down. No, he's I, going down. He's like, I don't know if he's he was too going, easy.
2: I don't know if he was going down. Maybe he uh, like." maybe he did time it properly, the argentinian player because he he because there was there was a bump but but again from the angle the referee's going to call that every time if he if he doesn't like if he doesn't realize from the different one and var's not going to review that one cuz no that, var like, reviews everything yeah. var looks at everything i know but they're not going like to call, call for the review, call the, yeah. for the review by the referee but then but we, what do you think about the miss by messi that's something like a lot of people talked about like they always talk about who's better Ronaldo or Messi and Messi Ronaldo has that great game against Spain one of the top teams and then obviously uh Messi doesn't do much um and and well he he did do a lot but he couldn't convert in anything
3: and t- carry his team I, over for me the Messi Ronaldo stuff is tiresome it is and, and like I'm uh, maybe later because they're two in, great players yeah maybe later in the tournament we'll talk more about it or whatever but like the people are like oh yeah I'm Sure, Ronaldo sitting at home, so happy that Messi missed, and maybe he is, maybe he's that little of a person. But uh, I, I feel bad. I feel, I just feel bad for Leo Messi because yeah. he is such an incredible footballer, yeah. and so far he hasn't been able to really to do it in the World Cup. People keep <clears throat> saying that oh, he doesn't have the teammates or something like that.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's got decent teammates.
3: They might underperform at the World yeah. Cup, but the quality of his teammates shouldn't be questioned. Uh, they've had some poor, poor – they don't have great keepers, and oh, yeah. some, sometimes the defending is defending, dodgy. Defending, yeah. If you got but, Marcus but they, Rojo playing on your national team, it's yes. not a good thing. The, although he – I think he helped set up the goal, didn't he? He might have, but yeah. he's
2: still not not spectacular no. defending. No, he – yeah.
3: yeah. Um, the penalty itself, uh, the pace didn't seem terrible, but the placement was not oh, great. yeah. It was too. It was almost like that perfect height for the keeper kind of thing, and the keeper read it, and he right went the right, right, right way. Yeah. So you, you feel bad for him. He's and missed quite a few penalties like he that, has. too. Yeah. He, oh, no, he has. He's yeah. something like...
2: Maybe they get somebody else to take it. But then if he, he, that happens, then it's like... Uh, uh, you know, it's a big slap in his face. And the thing is, he had that, he had that similar spot where Ronaldo for scored for a free at the kick end? at the end and he couldn't get it over the wall then yeah. he kicked it away then immediately after he ripped off his uh, captain's band too. Yeah. A lot of people didn't catch that because it wasn't on live. They reviewed a review a av- replay afterwards.
3: Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll be frustrated but on the other side you got to look at this uh, Iceland, every, a lot, a lot, a number of people were saying, oh, Iceland, they did it at the Euro, it was the first Euro with 24 teams. Yeah. You know, they're, so their achievement, you know, even, you know.
2: Well, they say they, they, they. somebody's put out a stat that against Messi and Ronaldo combined 21 attempted shots and they haven't conceded a goal to either one of them. Yeah. yeah. Well,
3: because you remember, do you remember Ronaldo's comments two years ago at the Euro?
2: Yeah. Oh, he was, he was bad-mouthing them. Oh, basically yeah. Saying like they that, didn't come here to play football. They yeah. just came to defend and yeah. whatever,
3: to, going after their tactics. But what they're doing is is getting results yeah. right i mean this is a draw against argentina in the group stage of the world cup like this is this is huge for yeah. iceland right Croatia
2: is now topping the group after their, you know, very workmanlike, excellent yeah. performance against Nigeria. Nigeria is like, I think they're one of the youngest teams in this World Cup, if I'm not mistaken. I heard that somewhere.
3: And do, and maybe because of that, yeah. they're they're winning the fashion World Cup. Oh, yeah, for sure. With their uniforms. Well, and their, it was it was and, their
2: veterans that designed it.
3: Oh, was it? Yeah. Well, the uniform and their the, tra- the track the tracksuits. yeah. yeah. Oh,
2: it's all oh, that's I, the big rage. Yeah. So they'll definitely make money off that at least.
3: Um, well, except for they f- ran out of them. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, well, yeah
2: but they'll, I think even when they get more in, they'll, those will sell out again. Um, Croatia are Michael's dark horse. Apparently, we talked about that in the the extra podcast. That How do you do. feel
3: about them being his dark horse? I don't know. <laughs>
2: I think they're a decent team. I think they, they're the problem is I think last was it last World Cup where they had issues with the people in the stands and people throwing stuff on the field. Was that another? yeah? But that's yeah. okay. Yeah,
3: that's I'm not okay, okay. But that's... but there was a
2: big rift in there in in that one. And there's apparently some going some stuff going on behind the scenes in Croatia this time too. Uh, I, I heard somewhere on that. Oh, like, like a, in the team in the like squad embezzlement or something. I don't know what oh. it was, but it was it was something in the federation. Well, listen,
3: they got Luka Modric. You got Mary... he scored the penalty. Yeah, and Meru Mandzukic. Yeah. Uh, Paris, did you got some, like, there's some quality players. Yeah. Like Kremrich Uh, was the, one goal, was it, was it an own goal? Wasn't it?
2: No. Was it? I can't remember now. Now, now I'm, getting, now I'm getting all the games confused Yeah, because the, the problem is there's so many games.
3: No, it wasn't. It was an own goal by number eight. I don't even have to look it up. It was an own goal by number eight on Nigeria. Yeah. It, we thought, I thought it was Kremrich's, but it you're, was. You're right, it is. Yeah. It was an own, an own goal and then the penalty Itobo. from Modric. Itobo. Etobô. Yeah. So, yeah. It wasn't an amazing game. It wasn't an amazing performance, but Croatia got in. They got the job done. They got out uns- totally unscathed.
8: Yeah.
3: Right? And so uh, they're, they did what they need to do, and uh they're at the top of the group. Yeah. And right? so they're in the driver's seat. So it'll be, what can they do against Argentina? For sure. That, and that, that'll that be a, a very, very good game to watch.
2: Uh, Sunday brought uh, – we're going to get to Sunday now. Um, we have to? Well, we'll talk about the first – we're not, not going to go okay. to that one yet. We'll leave you for your own there. yeah um, it, it, Kendall Watson, everybody talked about, you know, he was the World Cup hero getting him into the World Cup. I uh, Maybe he had poor form going into there or something like that, but in the in the friendlies, I don't know what the decision was. Maybe they just liked some other players better in those positions, uh, but it was quite disappointing not to see him start today. And a lot of people, uh, I don't know, Farhan, Deji was like, talking about the wall and the goal. Uh, Korolov scored the goal, a former Man City player, um, scored the goal over the wall. That was a big rocket. Another great shot. Yeah. Um, but he's thinking, he's saying that if of was there, the he's in the game. wall and he's about four inches taller than everybody else. Well,
3: the defender replaced him. It's like playing domestically in Costa Rica, Yeah, right?
2: and he's like five foot 9 isn't he, or something
3: like that? I can't remember. I, I can't remember either, yeah. but... It, it it does feel like a dis- disappointment. I know he didn't play in all the games in the in the the build up or whatever. Like yeah, do you last- think it
2: was because he didn't join the team early enough, and that's why they're not they're not starting him?
3: I would hope it's not something that petty. Yeah, that would be really that would be really disappointing. Um, the the I know the other thing for me about not the fact that he didn't start, but and maybe this is too desperate for the opening group stage game of the World Cup, although. It was the game they really needed to win. Um, is the fact that, like, when they were down in the last 10 minutes of the game, yeah, like, I, I just was like, why don't they just sub Kendall on and put him up, put them up at front? And- right? Like, <laughs> I don't think anybody uh, would do that, though. They, Only they, us. They've done that in Vancouver here yeah. a couple times, but like, it's not like they don't know that he can score, right? He, yeah. He's the guy who scored the goal to put them in the World Cup for sure. So this is I, I was just dying for that. The good I mean so I'm really sad for I'm really sad for him. I know he'll be focused and be ready if he's called on and, and supporting his teammates. The one the one guy who had a poor game for Costa Rica was Portland's uh, Guzman. Yeah. David Guzman. He gave away the free kick for the goal, which really felt unnecessary. He got booked on the play. Felt really unnecessary, felt lazy cuz he gave up the ball and then harassed uh harassed a Serbian attacker. Until he finally fouled him, uh, which set up the goal. Um, on the positive side, it was nice to see Bola play again at oh, the World sure. Cup. Yeah, and he and, got
2: on, I think, uh, in the 60th or something, somewhere around the. the he and, played about half an hour, and he or looks
3: so. like he's recovered from it. I think it was like a broken ankle or whatever. Yeah. Like, and so he's seeing the headband back out there. Yeah, feel really good for him. If and he, I mean, obviously he didn't change the game, but he had some. He had some. Uh, he had, he got on the ball a little bit, and he he tried to make some things. And happen. I
2: think they probably brought him on so they could get some free kicks in there and get, get use his specialty in in there in in addition to everything else. He, he,
3: he It's the World Cup, and he he plays differently. Yeah. I think at the World Cup for sure than with
2: uh, with club, right?
3: Well, uh, yeah, and league league games are
2: yeah. Well, like we we said, it was disappointing for Kendall not to take the pitch today, but he's got two more chances now. Michael was able to get a chance to talk to him. He took his, uh, his collection of Panini stickers like he's done every, with everyone. Um, and he got a chance to sit down with Kendall before he headed to Russia, chat about, about the World Cup memories from his past, Costa Rica's past, and those memories still hopefully to come. So let's hear from the Captain Kendall and Michael McCall.
1: So I'm wanting to do something a little bit different with you, Kendall. Everyone's mm. talked about like the World Cup that's coming up. I want to kind of get some of your memories of the World Cup that's passed. So this is going to be the fifth World Cup for Costa Rica. Now, the first one, you were only two, I think, yes. which was 1990. That's good, because I don't want to talk about that, because you beat Scotland 1-0. <laughs> so let's forget all about that altogether. Um, that was a. I still have nightmares about that. So, wh- what was the first World Cup that you really remember watching? Costa Rica. Was it 2002? Yes, was it Japan. 2006? So you remember that
9: From one? Japan, everything started. So I don't have a lot of the stickers for that. But Stephen Bryce. Yeah. When you he, look, I think his his mom lived here in Canada. Oh really? Yes. If I don't, if I remember, I think she she used to live here in Vancouver. Wow. Yes, Stephen Bryce. You know who? Um, Minor 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 Campos he yeah. he's a really good friend of him and his family because Minor used to help him and his family when they arrived here What what's your memory of that world cup watching as a kid um, like Maring Bala Gomez y- you well, had all of them all the players yeah. I remember about them the games um, you beat China yes, and I then, remember waking up really 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 early before going to school to watch the games, because the game was around three or four a.m. time in Costa Rica, so I used to go asleep and put my alarm to watch the games. And when when you were watching that, did you ever imagine then that you would be like playing in a World Cup? To be honest, no. At that um, moment, I didn't um, was thinking about it. But my dream was become a professional soccer player.
1: So that wasn't a great World Cup. Um, you didn't make it out of the group stages. Then 2006 in Germany. What what's your, what do you remember about this? This first, is a
9: much better game, album. Paulo Cesar Wanchup make two goals against Ger- Germany. And I remember Gilberto Martinez because he was the top play- um, defender that Costa Rica used to have, and he got injured that game. Obviously, Bolaños. He's yeah. From Sapresa. And
1: yeah. It was it weird then being in a team like a club team with, with Bola all those years later you've watched
9: him on T V and then you're in a team with him? I only make no because Bola Bola went too young to Europe. So I didn't play a game I used I when Bola was in in the first first team I was in the residency. Right. So I only watched them practice. When I joined the first team for preseason, Bola was in there, he was already in Europe. But like Alvaro Saborio, Walter Centeno, Ronald Gomez, those Alonso Solis was, well, wow, great, great players. I mean, which one of those guys did you kind of look up to? Who, who was your kind of inspiration? Gilberto Martinez, because after he signed in, in a club in Italy and Roma, uh, he was almost signing Roma as well after he got injured, so was down. But yeah, I. And obviously Paul says one-shot when he was yeah. playing in England.
1: He, he's the guy that I remember yes. most, just obviously because yeah. he played over there and was with Man City and stuff. Mm-hmm. So then a couple of years of no qualifying, and then I know you could have been in this, you were uh, you were on the, the cusp, but this was the 2014 correct. team. Mm-hmm. Did, did you think the team could do that well in 2014, or did it come as a bit of a surprise?
9: I think... Um it was just a surprise, but to be honest, everybody in Costa Rica had faith, but they didn't expect they was going so far, you know, that if the game against Uruguay, we, we thought, okay, Costa Rica can win. And from there, something going to happen. But after winning, um, drawing against England, yeah. and winning Italy was, was great. Then the,
1: the round of 16, the quarterfinals, they were, they were oh. penalty shootouts. Yes.
10: Yeah, exactly.
1: What was it like for you watching that? It was so nerve-wracking. I know the Holland game, mm. agonising
9: end, but what, what was it like for you as a player watching that? At the moment, I remember I was feeling happy for them, but at the same time, I was kind of jealous because I was feeling, <laughs> oh, man, I could have been there, you know? I could have been enjoying that moment with them in Brazil but on the other side I was happy but it was a strange feeling and then that brings us right up to date
1: so this year's album <laughs> and the weird thing in some ways about this is you're in it already because you're one of the free stickers that they give away hmm. so everyone that buys this album is going to get a, a sticker of you Wow! how, how does that make you feel?
9: Nice because um my son we we collect also the the Russia this this album and my son he went all excited when he saw that my sticker came out so it, it's a nice feeling because you have a great memories it's not always you can be enjoying these things
1: and I I know you talked about a little bit about it but just the last thing like heading off what what's this meant to you you've worked so hard for this you just missed out last time this is like the
9: pinnacle of everything for you just what, what does it mean to you in a personal way oh it's been I can resume it like hard work payoffs Sooner or later it pay off but sometimes in life I think you have one opportunities or two or twice but sometimes you have unique opportunities that never come back again so I just gotta grab this opportunity
1: Thank you so much for your time. Good luck in Russia, and we'll see you when you come back. Thank
7: you, Mike. Thanks, friend. Kendall. Thanks. see
2: you. All. Thanks. So Talking, uh, talking about him uh, obviously like like I said this was recorded before the world Cup and today's result <laughs> um what do you guys what do you think of their chances now he still obviously has two chances to play still um today's result we'll- t- we we'll talk about this right now Brazil uh, Switzerland that was one one so everything to play for, but you don't expect Brazil to do happen again everybody went into there saying Switzerland and Brazil were the top two teams in that group um everybody had them so obviously this is a really missed point this is similar to what uh um, Egypt had with, it, with their loss. Now, now we don't know what's going to happen there. So, wh- where do you see their chances going forward?
3: Well, the difference for for this is those is the other game is a draw, so it does leave things open. But you're playing, yeah, like you said, probably the two toughest. This is the game the they group. needed to win. Yeah, in they, order need, to they needed to win this and get off to a good start like they did at the last World Cup uh, in, in order to provide a platform for them to to qualify from the group. And it doesn't feel like it's going to be possible now it feels like this gargantuan uphill uh you know battle um but uh you you never know and what they did the last world cup i think in and of itself was amazing You heard him talk about it about there even even though he wasn't there uh, and you know kendall really obviously wanted to be there but um what they did the last world cup was it was literally amazing and so um it, it, they're going to need to replicate that and do even better to, to knock off Brazil, even though Brazil did not look good today. Yeah. Which, uh, again, for me... Well, let's
2: talk about that game right now. Like, uh, obviously, they came out starting well. Uh, Coutinho has that massive strike from uh, just outside the box. It was a beautiful place goal. And then... But then they lose it on that the set piece yeah. where they just... They lose... I think it was Zuber or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And it, I don't know who was marking them, but they just lost them. And he had like a free header there and it was just, and after that Brazil tried to do some stuff, but Switzerland was able to just knock them down every time.
3: Brazil could go on to win six straight and win the world cup and, and continue to be record holders and stuff. I don't understand why so many people see them as favorites when, uh, or as they do, because to me, the side is not that much better or that much different than, than Rio, uh, it is it is different Sorry, it bit, is different they're a little
2: bit more dynamic up front I think up front especially i up, in a, in la, 4 years ago they were relying too much on neymar and i felt like this time they have other guys like Coutinho who scored today um uh, willian um you have Firmino coming off the bench um so they they have a little bit more attack but i agree with you that they're not as great i think the their coach it, the, a lot of people were uh, confident on the coach Chiche? yeah um, on his ability to get this team together and 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 get forward and and do something in the World Cup. Yeah,
3: I just I I mean, like I said, they could go out and just you know, play lights out for six games. It'd be amazing. But yeah. I just I I do not see it. Like I, I, I they're going to get out of the group or whatever. But I I don't see them like. Getting... I, I could see them even not making the, the last four. Yeah, like kind of thing.
2: But they can make a run, and then who knows who they're going to play in that next round too. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. Who knows the where way. they're going to place? We'll right? talk about that a bit. But now let's break. Uh, let's break things up with Michael's favorite part of the show. Um, it's time for Wavelength. Yay! If you're a new listener, Wavelength is a section show where we play our football-related songs. The songs over the next few weeks are going to be World Cup related. So we're away from Paninis. Football violence is gone now, <laughs> and now it's World Cup.
3: Are you wait, Are you saying we cured football violence? Uh, I think so. Wow.
2: I think that's what <laughs> music cures a lot. Is
3: Michael getting a Nobel Peace Prize? Well, hopefully. Uh,
2: Today, we're going to go back to Espana 82. Michael wanted to make sure that Scotland were represented on this week's show. Um, So since he's gone and everything to Portland.
3: You changed the song, right? Oh, no, no. I'll I'll play it. I'll play it. Uh, He'll switch it in the podcast anyways if we don't.
2: (laughs) So it's one of of his all-time favorite songs by the World Cup squad. It's Scotland, uh, 1982, uh, their, their team, with a few celebrities thrown in the mix, including... Uh, I don't know who these people are. Gregory's girl actor John Jordan Sinclair on lead vocal duties. This is We Have a Dream.
7: I awoke in the night with a fever, and the sky was the darkest blue. And a still small voice was calling. like that, and away, away in the distance, I can just make out this ball coming in from the left, and I'm starting to run, to run like hell, and the voice is getting louder, and louder, and louder, crying, five, five, hey, bigot, you. got your step, I am! box, the ref, he looks to his linesman, and he's pointing straight at the spot, The John Roberts, who normally takes them, is handing the ball to me. old lady screaming blue murder she's saying it's gonna blow you're kicking
2: David Edgar and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Going on this weekend and this week in Russia. Let's get to the today's result that didn't go too well for you. Yes, you can.
3: Sorry, I'm still enjoying the music. Okay,
2: sorry. Well, I I don't want to kill your buzz, but let's talk about the the well the middle game for today. So Germany, Mexico. I'm going to leave you uh, the
3: most of the floor for this one. So Iceland draws Argentina. Switzerland draws draws Brazil.
2: But this is definitely the <sighs> but the, the biggest up the, uh, upset of the holders
3: lose to Mexico. Yeah. Um fair yeah. It's
2: not the first time they've lost their opening game to uh, 1982. We talked about the yeah. we had the wavelength before. Uh 82 they lost to Algeria and that was like at least they didn't talk about one player dedicating uh, the seventh goal to his wife and his eighth goal to his dog and stuff yeah. like
3: that. It wasn't that bad, but... The problem is these last number of World Cups, usually it's the second game that yeah, <laughs> Germany is really bad in. Yeah, so they started off quickly. So they, yeah, I, oh, man. Um, it was incredibly disappointing. Uh, Germany came out today and and played like... They were all holders of the World Cup and it didn't really matter or they could just walk through the group stage like it was it was so obvious the lack of you know Philippe Lahm and Bastian Schweinsteiger, Per Mertesacker, Miroslav Close, the the kind of the older stalwarts of the of the last tournament who provided the leadership and you know their presence was so lacking that, that was so lacking like I, I, I think I said this on Twitter or whatever, and I was kind of joking or whatever. But like, when your center, when your center, it's it, when your center back duo comes out with matching dyed hair for the game, yeah, and your midfielders all have new tattoos or you know tattoos that they've acquired since the last World Cup, yeah, it just feels like the focus is not on on the football. And and I'm not saying oh, don't dye your hair, don't get tattoos. That's not what I'm saying.
2: Well, Kendal Austin uh, had uh, fresh tips. I think uh, there you go. <laughs> But he was on the bench. On no, the bench. <laughs> um, he was only I only noticed because he came on when that fracas happened. And, and, and I was and everything. as soon as that happened, I thought, yeah. "Oh,
3: please don't get sent off, Poppy, yeah, please." You um, but um, no, like he just there was the there was the the traditional German will to win, which in the past has over overcome lack of ability uh, and you know lack of technique and lack of skill or whatever was almost non-existent today. <laughs> And it was like there was no heart. Um, they could, they, they, like you know, they could play with the ball and passing and one touching and little moments. You know, kind of like that tiki taka. They like were keeping possession of the ball. Would get up to the other half, but then they were devoid of ideas. They were devoid of creativity, uh, and and they were just it's just lazy. Like yeah. me- Mexico had a great game you, How much?
2: How much credit do you give Mexico and how much do you blame uh, you give Germany?
3: Well, I want to give a lot of blame to Germany, but yeah. you, you can't not credit Mexico. Like Mexico. They didn't play scared either. the Most no. teams go to no, Germany, they, they, they play they scared. came out of the, the one thing uh, some people, you know, uh, actually uh, AFTN co- contributor Jake Duke was text- texting me today yeah. and he was just like, Mexico is the perfect, perfect. He's play- married to a Mexican, right? Yeah. He sent me his child in a Mexican kid. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, he, sent me, he sent me a photo of his child wearing a Mexican kid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he said it was a the Mexico perfect game. And I was just like, well, it might have been a perfect game if Mexico s- scored some of the – on more of the counters that they had. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, tactically, the, I think they approached the game really well. They, 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 they just worked really hard. Yeah. Uh, what's, uh, I'm going to screw up the pronunciation. Lo, Lo, Lozano? Lozano? Who scored the goal?
2: Oh, it is Lozano, yeah. yeah. So he that.
3: he scored against Canada, right in the in the I game in the game of BC Place, think right? So
2: there were a number of people that so, scored against Canada. Yeah, well, there's three.
3: <laughs> um, he he to me, uh, aside from scoring the goal, just his pace, uh, his pressure, uh, his uh, his involvement in, all, in their counters was just was just vital. And Chicharito made, set him up perfectly too for that. Yeah, and Chicharito played. He well. He was in tears too. Car- to Carlos Vela played very very well. Yes. Like they they played really well. The other thing which for me is is disturbing about this and is one of the differences from 2014 from a German perspective uh is that um uh, the inclusion of Mario Gomez in the German squad. Yeah. To me that's one of the reasons they won last World Cup is because Mario Gomez was not in the squad. Yeah. They brought him in for the Euro, didn't win that and he's here now and I'm not really excited about it. And it's not just a a good I'm not I'm not like superstitious or whatever in that sense. I just feel like he, uh, although he has, uh, earlier in his career, had a good track record of scoring, especially in his younger years at Stuttgart, his hometown club, um, and he's this—he's a big dude, uh, and he can be technical, he, on the biggest stages, has all, virtually always underperformed. And he, right from his inclusion in the squad in 2008, he's always been, to me, a player who's taken the spot of someone who... Might have better better technique than him, but definitely has better will and better desire than he does. Yeah, And so he was brought on as a sub today, had a free header and couldn't even get it on goal, which was incredibly disappointing. Um, and and really, for me, his spot in the squad should be taken up by someone like Sandro Wagner or or even Nils Peterson, who not a lot of people know who Nils Peterson is. I don't know who he is. He, he's broken the record for like goals off the bench. Okay. In, uh, in, Bundesliga? in in Bundesliga yeah. uh, ever, which used to be held by Alexander Zickler, um, he, he actually he was at Bayern for a little while, but he's playing at or he was at, he's been at Freiburg these last number of years, but he's yeah he's not this big flashy guy, a flashy player, but he is a bigger guy and could have played that role off the bench really well. Humble guy, I think as well, and could have fit that role really well. So I'm really disappointed not to see one of those two guys in that big striker role. Um, so that was really disappointing. But when you look at the Germany performance day all over the park, it was bad performer, bad performance after bad performance. Yeah. Um, well, I don't. I don't think anyone's feeling good about that. The only person who might have positive feelings is, uh, I think Manuel Neuer might have come out of the game without being injured.
2: Without injured, yeah. Well, Zach might be disappointed by Mexico win. Mexico's win, but someone who will be delighted is Whitecaps midfielder Efron Juarez. He played in the 2010 world cup with in South Africa. And Michael, again, once again, armed with his old panini stickers. Um, I think he all did this in one day. <laughs> uh, he, he, he took, uh, met up with Juarez, took him down a, on a trip down memory lane, talked about his f- first memories on watching the world cup and then playing in South Africa and kind of what lies this time around ahead. Um, uh, this was obviously done before the vote happened, but what kind of lies if Mexico was going to win the United bid? So, uh, once again, uh, this, this is a
3: this short interview, right? Oh, no, no. no. Oh, okay. There's
2: never a short interview with Efren Juarez. Uh, so this is Efren Juarez with Michael talking about the World Cup.
7: I'm on a Mexican radio. I'm on a Mexican world.
1: So, obviously, World Cup's coming up, Effie. What What's the first World Cup that you really remember as a kid watching Mexico win?
4: I have two, two versions, No, the 94 in USA, but I was young. I yeah, don't... Uh, I bought that one. Yeah. <laughs> I was so young, so young. Uh, I was like, um, maybe... I was eight years, seven, eight years. So... Um, I was involved because my family obviously they watched the the games and everything but I didn't uh, realize too much you know I I didn't know too much the the players because with six six years you are thinking yes in football but you you don't know or you don't realize every player my best workout was 98 I knew every player in every 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 team Uh, Ronaldo was my idol my idol like a I watch every game, every moment. I, I remember I were in the in the school, in the primary, and uh, when Mexico plays, they bring TVs out of their own room, uh, and they put it the games, and uh, I, and I have like a small mall TV, you know, like a port- portable yeah. TV. So I was watching all the games, not even just Mexico, all the games, uh, hiding with, with my teachers, you know. <laughs> Like uh, and every, all my friends like, uh, hey, how's the score? How's the score? Because really, we were support Mexico. We are Mexican, but we are in love with, with Brazil for Ronaldo. All my all my yeah. all my friends, everyone like uh, Ronaldo. In that moment, was the huge, uh, the the massive like uh, idol for everyone in in Mexico and and for me in my school when I was young. Yes, uh, so that that World Cup, I really really enjoy it so much. You know, so 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 much because. I knew it, and not just Mexico. I knew every player from everything. You know, it's like a when you are young, you, you yeah. So, was unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable experience. And then, obviously, in that moment, dreaming with the, be part of the World Cup. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say because it's like you you grew
1: up, you're watching all these. I mean, like looking at the Mexican team. Yes, from ID, yes. Who who was your favorite
4: Mexican? In that player? moment, was the. Luis Hernandez. They call, they killed the. They they the, his nickname was the killer matador in English in Spanish. So was one of the most famous. Uh, Cuauhtemoc Blanco is like an idol for us. Yeah, idol, idol, and uh, I
7: tried
4: to use uh, both both of them, you know. So uh, when I see Cuauhtemoc Blanco in France, 98, you always dreaming we'd play with him, you know, like and. I was so young and I was involved in the in the football, but not like a professional. Not even I have 10 years, so 10, 12, 10 years, 12 years. So obviously my dream was be professional, but I don't know if you are gonna be true or realize it. Uh, and I play in the with my with my friends, uh, like a, we are like a national team and we put in the the jerseys. And, <laughs> unbelievable. And then 20 years after or 15 years yeah, after, you're actually at the World yeah. Cup. Yeah. I mean that that experience is is that the best experience yes, of your career the best one of the best one of the best or, 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 or for me the best you know because like i say you you know when you are playing you are a young so uh, kid and you are thinking of make it your dream like a uh, be true and uh, playing like uh, all the your years is with the, your idols at the back and uh, with the number And ten years after, you are playing a World Cup, and you know, like uh, some some kids, like uh, are doing the same that you did. You do in the in the past. It's like a you know the dreams come true, Uh, the best experience. Uh, Really, uh, be involved in the World Cup is the best thing that can happen to a, a a player. You know, I play Champions League, I play Europa League. I play in Europe. I play. I win championships. Uh, everything is amazing. You know, all the experience, uh, all the dreams. When uh, you are young, you you dreaming with play Champions League that thing. things. But the World Cup is the best that you uh, football player can can do it. You know, above the, of the World Cup is nothing. You know, you can yeah, you can play Champions League. It's amazing. But Champions League is every year at the, at this. You know, at uh, but World Cup is every four years, and you don't know what is going to happen in these four years. Yeah. So. Uh, it's unbelievable it's an unbelievable experience did you play in the opener yes against South Africa yes yeah, you did what, I was, was the. I was was like, to, to actually <laughs> open a tournament yeah it's amazing you know uh, you, you realise all the eyes in the world is watching you in that game uh, and I I have a record I was the first player uh, Booket <laughs> man in the World Cup <laughs> the first little guy I was that's a so, good record to have I <laughs> so like I, I, cut, I can say to my uh, grandsons you know like hey in 2010 your grandfather be the first booket in the World
1: Cup <laughs> so I mean this year <laughs> how, how do you think the, that Mexico are going to do
4: I think um, it's going to be good they have a very good squad very good players uh, quality of players uh, it's a lot of pressure in Mexico now because the manager is, 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 um, is the people do not understand like uh, how is the way like uh, he he see the football he manage the the, the national team because uh, they are not used to move or rotate too much the team uh, and this guy do it you know uh, and he has he so view for for play to training and these things and in Mexico it's a lot of pressure for that because uh, at the end the results doesn't come like uh, in the good way you know we've been in the uh, in the in the World Cup Mexico was in the easy in the World Cup but in the important moment like in the Confederations Cup on the Copa America Mexico doesn't uh, be good, you know, doesn't was good in that moment. Uh, we lose in Chile against Chile in the Copa America, so bad, 7-1. Uh, we lose uh, in the Confederations. Uh, so everybody's, like, thinking now oh, how it's going to do, how it's going to be the, the Mexican team in the World Cup. Hopefully the best, you know, like, I a, a beat ball ball and all you wanna do when you are a player and you are putting the jersey for your national team is do your best because you are represent a country, not just a, a club. Or you are representing yeah. one hundred twenty million people, and uh, and sometimes when the, the result doesn't come, obviously you are mad. You are uh, think, and and these moments, I think uh, the, the, the 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 players now in the in the squad. Uh, they have a, a lot of confidence, and they can do something like a, to, to silence the, the criticisms. So I have a really good relationship of almost of them. Uh, we are we were friends like from a long time ago. So we are talking, and um, they say like they have a lot of confidence to to make something important in this World Cup. So uh, I wish all the best, you know, because I'm Mexican, and I always want like a, my national team or my. Uh, in the work of important things, do the best and be like uh, in the in the tops. So hopefully uh, they can do something important for, for the country, for them, and, uh, and give us happiness to all the Mexicans. And just very last thing:
1: Mexico hosted the World Cup obviously in '70 and '86, so yeah. th- before you were born. But yeah. the the bid that's coming up now, I've got the '86 album here, Kay. so I remember this so well because. Scotland were in it Yeah uh, Which they don't do anymore <laughs> So I just I remember seeing Mexico And thinking What a great Passionate crowd it was If the World Cup bid Is successful For 2026 What is that going to mean
4: To Mexico To host it again Amazing You know It will be an amazing experience for uh, uh, Fair for the Mexican country You know Because All will be awesome The World Cup is Amazing thing You know And uh, For the rest of the war, Like uh, Mexico is a, a, a football country. Uh, it, it exists in other sports, but the, in Mexico, the football is our religion. So if the World Cup come, come true in 2026, uh, and Mexico is involved, it will be amazing party, you know, and it will be nice for all the Mexicans because... Uh, we can we are doing oh, we are so good grain parties <laughs> so <laughs> uh, uh, so hopefully hopefully we can do it no I think we're gonna share with Canada uh, and America, you, yeah. America it and, looks like uh, it's gonna be ten games in Mexico, in Mexico. Yeah. yeah did I read something like that so even if it's one it's gonna be amazing amazing party you know for 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 the for the Mexicans and for the rest of the world so hopefully come through uh, will be a nice will be so 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 nice experience to everyone uh, have the uh, mexican experience the World and the, and the and the world i think going going to enjoy it so much That's great thank you
1: so much for your time today, fa and a nice, nice chance to you thank you thanks so much
7: Bye. i'm on a mexican radio i'm on a mexican world.
2: Obviously, the, uh, Mexico. We'll talk about the, the ne- next game in this group. It's it's uh, Sweden and Korea. Uh, that that game. It, it was, uh, the, the, obviously, we uh, th- Both of us probably think Sweden uh, comfortably could win that one. I didn't think it happened, but Korea is not rated as highly by the experts as, as Sweden is. Because Sweden, remember, it has knocked out Italy going into it.
3: Yeah, but remember, it knocked out Italy playing a super defensive brand of football. Oh, for sure. With 1-0 over two legs. I know, but ah. what I'm
2: saying is like, the uh, if you're a betting man, you go for Sweden in tomorrow's game. So, But what my question is, is because it's kind of wide open now, because of the result today, Mexico winning, does the next game, uh, when Germany faces Sweden, because you expect Germany to beat Korea for sure, but when germany beats sweden cuz they're going to play that defensive game again against germany are you, that's a must win that there is you can't even draw that game at this point for germany cuz that could knock you out of the whole tournament yeah i don't
3: yeah so the one thing about germany losing the way they did to mexico today is hopefully that this is a wake up call Yeah. and hopefully something can be done in terms of the mentality the approach the tactics and even the the and even the personnel although that sounds like a lot you know between now and and saturday uh but first off, what I also want to say, Steve, was I wouldn't I wouldn't be putting such a downer on South Korea. I, I I know that they're not as uh, fancied by many, but again, I it wouldn't shock me for South Korea to you know to for example to draw or to beat Sweden, um, and to cause Germany and even Mexico some problems because when you look at South Korea and how they've played in the past. How work their work rate and their togetherness and the spirit they have within their team is such a such a big thing. Uh, it has in the past helped them overcome uh, a deficiency in in talent in compared to some of the sides they've played. And so I know this is not two thousand two; they're not playing at home and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But um, I, I wouldn't be super shocked to see uh, South Korea do something. But uh, Ger- Germany has to make some make some uh, has to alter something. The thing that will be interesting to see is will they drop players? Like Mezut Ozil had a, a shocker today.
2: Well, it looked like it too. I didn't. I didn't watch the full game, but when he was coming off the field, he looked. He looked not in a good he, spirits. He's all. one of
3: those guys who he
2: plays better for the club. Well, the, the,
3: well no, 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 okay. no, well, no. When he cares, yeah, he's, he's an amazing I, player. I, I gr- that, that, when, that, that, that I agree. And you man. look at other tournaments. And I've heard of that of So before. people have said that about about the club level, and he's yeah. come into some of these tournaments, and you're just like. This is a different player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's playing both sides of the ball. He's working for the team. You did not see that today. For sure. Uh so uh, will he get dropped? And will they move you know, move Draxler into there and put Brandt out wide or, or you know, another combination. Royce. Royce Royce was the first sub today. You gotta figure Royce is gonna play some of role. Will they move Julian inside and put Royce wide? I yeah. can see that happening. Uh, Timo Werner came off, from Timo Werner from Dead Bull. Uh, he came off and uh, with a bit of a twi- uh, twinge or something. Yeah. Didn't look great. Is he going to start again? What's going to happen? Are they going to start? I start, are they start, oh, start the Mario go Gomez. The, the <laughs> oaf. Man, yeah. I hope not.
2: Um, well, uh, like we said, it was a great result for Mexico for as a CONCACAF. You know, Landon Donovan's probably pretty pleased with himself. What a joke that was. He got paid to do that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wells Fargo or something yeah. like that. Yeah, well, um, that's... But the last CONCACAF entrant um, is playing their first ever World Cup game tomorrow. Um, I think they're... I can't remember who they're playing now. I'm drawing a blank. Who
3: cares, man? It's Blas Perez.
2: Oh, they're playing Belgium. Sorry, they are playing Belgium. Oh, easy win. Yeah. So uh, it is Panama. (laughs) Michael had a chance to catch up with San Jose Earthquakes, Panamanian pair, Annabelle Godoy and Harold Cummings. Now, no Panini stickers involved in this one. What? Yeah, and uh, hopefully it does play the whole way through. <laughs> this time so uh let's talk to uh, see what they had to say about what it means to them to be with their country at a at the green stage and what could it mean for their future.
1: How are you feeling right now? How excited are you for the chance to play in this
11: tournament? I feel excited because uh, for every player, he won the World Cup for sure. But we have good fight uh, uh, between the, the World Cup, for all players hungry to go there. You've played for the national team for a number of years now. Did you ever think this
1: opportunity would arise to, to play at a World Cup? And what would it mean to you if you did get to play
11: in Russia? Yes, um, I play like the, my first game uh, in my national team is two thousand ten. I think is my first my first game. In this moment until here, uh, I played a lot of game for the national team, but uh, now. Uh, in the World Cup is the more important for 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 us, for uh, also for my friend, for my teammates. Uh, this World Cup is very important for the country also. But uh, if we have good uh, good chance for play against Belgium, against England, against Tunisia, you no, know, it's good for for my country, for all people because it's the first time. This is uh, more than people is enjoy uh, this World Cup. This is uh, in this moment. Uh, the more, the more people in Panama waiting this World Cup. And just talking about that, what is the expectation of the country? It's the first World
1: Cup for, for Panama. What's the expectation of fans? How? What, what would be seen as a great result for Panama?
11: Yes, in this moment, the uh, the country is this crazy now. In this moment, uh, the country wait the World Cup, the wait the first game uh, against uh, Belgium, the 18 uh, June. Uh, everybody have everything. They have the flag for in your car. They have uh, in your home. Have the big flag. You know. Everybody excited because uh, the people know it's the first time. Uh, I don't know if we, if possible, go like Qatar. You know, 2000. Yeah, uh, it's 22. Yes, 22. You know, you never know. It's yeah. Now is it, the moment to enjoy because this is the first time, in the history for the country. This is why the people now in the country is enjoy, enjoy, and uh, this is also despairing for us, uh, for for all teammates in the team. That's great. Thank you so much and good no, luck. Thank you. Thank
1: Thanks. First thing, you've been named to the provisional roster for the World Cup. How are you feeling about that and how excited are you for the potential of playing at the World Cup? Are
0: you feeling part of the initial competition for Panamá, for the World Cup? Are you excited? It's always an emotion that
6: they invite you to your selection. It's always good that the team will with you. It's always good to be
0: you know, called up to your national team, it's always great that the uh, coach counts on you as a player, but this is that's only the first step, so the second step is getting named to the final 23-man roster for the, for the World Cup and I hope I can get that done.
1: You've been with the national team for a long, long time, did you ever think this opportunity would arise for you to, to
6: go and play in a World Cup with Panama? Y para y, y, yo creo que para eso para eso competimos, para eso trabajamos nosotros para llegar al Mundial. Eh, lastimosamente no pude estar en la eliminatoria, pero siempre apoyando a mi equipo eh, fuera de la cancha. Motivo de lesión, pero hoy ya estoy bien, hoy el técnico cuenta conmigo y, y eso es lo importante.
0: Yeah, that's why you compete, Unfortunately, I wasn't part of a lot of the uh, eliminatoria or the hexagonal. last year for the injury but now I'm feeling really good feeling healthy and the coach has been counting on me so I'm looking forward to the opportunity
1: it's the first World Cup for Panama but what is the expectations in the country of how the
6: team will do joven en esta participación de los mundiales yo creo que en nuestra primera experiencia vamos a ir a trabajar vamos a ir a aprender de este mundial para para así que el otro mundial no sea de buen provecho para nosotros vamos a ir a trabajar con la convicción de que se se, se puedan ganar los partidos y si no pues todo es un aprendizaje porque es la primera vez que vamos a mundial.
0: Yeah, it's um, obviously we're the youngest nation there in some ways for going to the World Cup. It's our first experience going, so uh, we're going to go there to work hard, to compete, to try to get some results, um, but we're also going to learn you know, And hopefully, this becomes a thing we can go to more World Cups and whether we want to win the games. And if we don't, it will be a great learning experience for all of us.
1: That's great. Gracias. Thank you. Thank so you. Much. Thanks. Thank
0: you. Yes. Good luck. Hi, I'm Carl Robinson. Uh, You're listening to the AFTN podcast.
2: Welcome back to the 18 Soccer Show on CITR
3: Radio. Are you trying to put us to sleep with that music? What was
2: that? That's just just a uh, kind of we're trying to cool it down. Cool it down, man! Cool I'm no, no. gonna pass out. No, no, no! You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have. The, you know, when you're working out, you gotta have that cool down moment. And this is just a, sorry, we're just what? Gonna, we're just cooling down to the. No, I don't. Yeah, that's right. I don't need that either. Um. But uh, uh, before we get to the headlines, uh, we're going to talk about some stuff that's going outside of World Cup. Some things that are still happening in World Cup. Um, you, you have a uh, thing called this uh, you, your Twitter list. Can you explain oh, that no, to everybody? Yeah, what's going okay. on? That quickly?
3: No, no. I just and we'll get into more next week. You know, but, you know when you get to the world, you get to the end of the World Cup. It's like the final, and then they put up the clip. They're like, oh, top ten goals of the World Cup and whatever, blah blah. blah. And every time, every time when I watch those, I'm just like. Okay, these, these are some great goals, obviously, but I'm always just like, uh, you know. There was something better. Well, no, just like, not better, but I, I wonder what how I would feel if I actually. So, what I started to do is just list the goal as they happen. Okay. Put them into a list. And so. Kind of like a oh, Twitter, Twitter thread kind of thing. Yeah, it's not really a thread yet, but okay. maybe it will be. But okay. So, I didn't do it the weekend because I've been in and out so much, but yeah. I'll, I'll probably update it either later tonight or tomorrow, or I guess later today. Yeah. Um, but um, no, so I just put the goals. As they happen, I put them in in what I think in terms of quality. So okay. the build-up play, the the skill, the technique involved in the goal itself, yeah, uh, the the significance of the goal. Oh well, for sure, that, and that and, plays a
2: part too because it might not be a great goal, but it comes in an important time.
3: And fourthly, the celebration. Yeah, yeah. But the celebration, I don't it only count really if there's like goals that are similar.
2: And is, will this be a unbiased or unbiased? No, or?
3: it's a, it's a one person's perspective. First, no, I, no, I, I know
2: so. there's a bias, but I'm talking about bias of who scores it and what. Of course, okay. No, I don't know. They, yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah. I, I can't say, and then I'm also trying to list the games too in terms of like what I think are the best games. So yeah. right right now, still at the top is is Spain, Portugal.
2: Yeah. Any 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 games you're looking forward to this week coming up? Or is uh, it I'm, just, looking, I'm, I'm just kind of in a I'm, I'm just watching one at a time. I'm not really looking forward to anything right now until the, the knockouts. That's when it gets interesting. Or the at least the third game in the group that where it really gets interesting.
3: Uh, someone I work with is English, so I'm going to yeah. be watching the English game with them tomorrow. So that could be interesting.
2: Well, you're going to need a little sleep for that. <laughs> Because Tunisia, they, they, I think they're playing Tunisia. They play a very defensive style, so it's going to be hard for... If England doesn't want to... If England takes their time or doesn't really work at it, it's going to be hard for them to score.
3: If England those. wins like 2 or 3-0, I'm, sure I'm sure it'll be like they're, they're going to win the World Cup.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, enough about England and the World Cup. Let's talk about headlines. Yeah. BC Soccer Web Headlines. Brought to you by BC Soccer Web, where you can find all your na- local, national, international headlines. And with all the links you need, you can even send your news. If you see something that you think would be set up on BC Soccer Web, you can send them to them and they'll be able to put it on there. They won't give you credit because they don't. They get too much people. But Bill's a great guy. Bill's a great guy, yeah. Um, just bringing it up right now. So there's a lot of emails in my thing. Um... Let's do a couple follow-ups. Uh, football Association and the government in England are launching a stadium ownership review. This is basically, uh, we talked about it before, a dull witch hamlet. We're kicked out of, uh, kind of evicted out of the stadium that they played in for a while. Um, South London ground. Uh, it happened back in March. Uh, the property developers wanted to develop it and, and make it something else. So they're going to be uh, starting a review in the ownership of the football stadiums to help to protect the interests of the clubs themselves.
3: Yeah, this is more lower league stuff, right? Yeah,
2: it, it will be more cuz obviously the big leagues they're yeah. they're going they're going to own their stadiums and they're they're not there's nobody going to evict a, a Chelsea or a Liverpool out of their stadium. So yeah. this is definitely for lower leagues.
3: Yeah, uh, hopefully this is helpful and hopefully this keeps uh some of these traditional uh le- uh clubs in the, the the ginormous English pyramid uh it, it helps keep them going. Yeah. Um because yeah, you you hate to see like a yeah, even if it's a, a club like this where, like, no one probably knows who they are, uh, other than Michael maybe. Um, but, like, you know, no one knows who they are, but they're losing their ground because, yeah, because of a whatever. Someone else wants to sell the property and and, and make a huge pile of money on it okay. when there's this community thing that's happening. Uh, you'd like to see that be able to move forward and allow other ways for people to make money, you know, doing real estate development or whatever.
2: Now we talked about Portugal earlier, uh, having that great three-three draw, but they're l- locally in their football uh, club level. It's not going that well, especially with port- Sporting Lisbon. The, uh, we talked about uh, uh, supporters attacking players uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah. It's 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 gotten not that great still. Uh, a few players: uh, Jelson Martins, Wim Carvalho, Bruno Fernandes, and Rui Patricio, the goalkeeper, are are all in uh, have canceled their contracts essentially and are uh, citing valid moves. And a motive, sorry, and they're, they're looking to move on from the club. It, Dutch international Bas Dost from the Bundesliga, he played there, is also looking to leave the club. It's essentially, they're, uh, they're obviously the supporters is the big thing, but their main issue is with this president, Bruno de Carvalho. Who is labeled as the F- Donald Trump of football because he's constantly on social media attacking players, attacking the federation, and basically anything he, he doesn't. He, he always sides with the supporters, so he's got the supporters, uh, uh, the support from them as well. But it, it looks—I don't know what. My, no mention of Freddie Montero. I don't know what he's going to do. But the um, but a lot of players not happy. What's going on? It's about a fifty-fifty split right now, it, uh, apparently with the players. It's a
3: pretty sad thing. This is not again. This is not some run-of-the-mill club in Portugal. This is one of the big three, right, that mm-hmm. has played such a huge role in the development of football in their, in their country and for their league and for their sit- for Lisbon as a city. Um, so this is really, really sad to see. Uh, you know, over <laughs> over North American, as supporters, we often, I think, uh, are sad by the lack of input into clubs that uh, here they're viewed more as businesses first. Yeah, uh, There are other parts of the world where maybe supporters have too much – Influence, and this would as obviously appears to be one of them, and so it's this really sad, and so it'll be interesting to see what happens in terms of these contract with these players saying, look, there are valid, legitimate reasons for us to be able to walk away from our contract because you are not providing a safe work environment, obviously, and and you know whatever the actions of the president are, uh, really, really unfortunate, and I, and I feel bad for those who, you know, uh, do really love. Uh, Sporting Lisbon,
2: you know. Yeah. Um Russian police have been told not to provide the media, uh, the r- local Russian media with any negative information uh, around the World Cup. They've basically been told uh, not to release investigation, police raids or other operations before July 25th. Normally they they release this information weekly or something to the Russian uh, newspapers, but they've been told not to do it until the 10 days after the World Cup ends. So uh, they want to keep a good face on yeah, everything. Yeah, well, part of
3: this is a PR, a PR campaign for Russia to look good to the world, right? For sure.
2: to be an investment into the country yeah. and everything. Um, in Argentina, uh, prisoners are holding a hunger strike. I'm not sure. I haven't got – I was looking for an update. I couldn't find an update. Uh, t- in order they're, – they're holding a hunger strike to get their TV fixed in time for the World Cup. Um, this came out on Wednesday. Uh, basically, nine prison prisoners are, uh, are holding that one in a, in a prison in Argentina. And they they want the the authorities to repair their cable TV, uh, so they can watch their games. I don't know if they want to watch today's game, um, but uh, maybe yesterday. Yesterday, sorry, yesterday. I'm losing track of what days. Saturday's game. Saturday's game. So yeah, obviously, hopefully, it works out for them. Yeah, that's. But how many rights do you have when you're in prison, (laughs) right? Yeah, do you have a right to have a sh- to- Well, I don't know what it is like in South uh, America. Yeah. I'm assuming here they would be.
3: Did, did it say what level? Of private- no,
2: it didn't say okay. whether it was federal or whatever. Um, uh, down south, uh, a couple of things for MLS. Uh, Nashville Fair Board have approved uh, the f- the stadium for them f- in the fairgrounds, in the Nashville Fairgrounds. It's going to be about $275 million. Should be ready by 2021. They'll probably play- maybe play somewhere temporary until then. Uh, are they coming in 2021 or? I can't remember. But it, it's ready by then. And it's well, Cincinnati's y- next year. That's all I can yeah, remember. Yeah, 30, 30,000 people expected to be uh, part of that, uh, like, the, the capacity. capacity. Oh, yeah. okay. Do
3: you think that that's better? Because I guess that's improvement.
2: They, st- they have a football stadium, that's good, the, like American football stadium, that holds, like, like 70,000. That's yeah.
3: the one that's going to be used
2: for the World Cup. Right. So this will be just for the local club.
3: But that's uh, – no, but I think you're seeing a progression here because bef- previously or – uh, you know, prior to or prior to Atlanta for sure. Yeah. When when clubs came into MLS, their stadiums usually were like twenty-ish. Yeah, and so I think we're seeing a progression of
2: for sure because you gotta you gotta expect it because the, national. The, like we said before, I talked to me before hockey did I didn't expect no. Nashville to be yeah. popular with hockey, and now it looks like they have a good Those are, supporters are they group.
3: The, the Predators, yeah, the Predators. Because oh, yeah. you, you look at you look at for example, you look at uh, uh, Cincinnati, right? Who's in, in this whole MLS process? They wanted to do twenty to twenty five thousand, and yeah. now they're like, shoot, we've shot ourselves in the foot because we have more than that already, yeah. right? So it, it's interesting seeing that progression on new teams. It's the old teams where things are bad on the other way.
2: Uh, comings and goings in the MLS, uh, LA galaxy. They signed former white Shane shannon Williams, um, uh, Orlando fire their coach, Jason Christ. And, uh, still nothing working, still in the works for rain Rooney coming to DC United, which one uh, surprised you the most out of that? I was surprised by Shane Williams, but you expect them to latch on with somebody. It, it did take half a year. And I think he played for the, in the U S open cup too. Uh, for the Galaxy. Yeah, I didn't, or, sh- I didn't check that. They snuck that in,
3: basically. Uh, the Williams thing is a, a little bit, yeah, it's awkward. It's a little bit. It, but you, again, you, nothing,
2: you, nothing was, nothing, he no. wasn't proven guilty. Uh, we no, all, no, we, no, we, no, We've heard no, stories, but yeah, yeah. nothing was proven. Th- that's
3: out. the thing. Like, I, I didn't, the things I heard about, I never followed up, followed up on. And so the things I heard of have nothing to do with the, the case yeah. or the situation or whatever you, whatever the proper term is for that uh but the but no matter what happened with that there the things I did here were this caused distress in the locker room, this caused concern at least, if not issues amongst the players, yeah, and
2: where some of the players didn't want him back on the pitch at all. Yeah, That's would, the stories we heard. We don't. There's no confirmation. So I know, yeah, it's all so speculation. I, I
3: heard a number of things. I never followed up on anything because might get cut out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never followed up on them. But yeah. it's it's it, with the fact that he didn't get signed at the beginning of the year. I re- honestly I thought he will he won't play in MLS again. He'll he'll play in USL maybe. Yeah. If not, retire early. But but anyways, uh, all that to say, whatever Jason Christ, whatever the situation yeah. is, you hope that there's healing. You hope that there's. Health, you hope there's just wholeness for him and his family and all that kind of stuff. For sure. How about Jason Christ? Jason Christ. What is, about his family? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh man. Fired from the two expansion teams that came in the same year. I know it's not.
2: We, we he the Michael talked to him and he said that he was acting very strange after the Vancouver yeah. game. And then they lost a couple more games. I think. No, just the... one. I just won. Yeah. The Wednesday game. Yeah.
3: In was it Montreal? I can't even, so. Yeah, it was Montreal. Yeah. Yeah.
2: did and then, didn't they play the weekend, after that, or something. No, Actually, it was whatever World the case. Cup, is. Then the World Cup. Yeah, game. okay. Yeah.
3: No, but so they lost the two game. And he got fired. Uh, I haven't talked to people in Orlando yet. I, I meant to do that, but I'll, I'll do that this week. Um, it, There's it, a lot
2: of promise uh, coming into this year, but then that, and they had the six or seven game winning streak, and then they had a six game, seven game losing streak, brought him back down to the table. The
3: thing is, like, it feels like totally the shine is off with him. Yeah, with what he like, is he to to me. He did something special at Salt Lake. Maybe he needs
2: to go to back to that, where he's going to a smaller club and he's able to give in room to work and uh, given getting a chance to get his own players in there or something like that. Build something.
3: Well, that's the thing, though. Both both it felt like it, both at City Light and and at the Orlando City Thieves, he wasn't given enough. And it's too much spotlight. There, well,
2: there's a there's a demand he, from the ownership. Well, there. he wasn't
3: given enough time yeah. to really have his yeah, either one to, you're to right. fully develop a culture, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so. Now, obviously, the opposite perspective of that is he didn't do enough to to earn that time. Yeah. But it's going to be interesting to see if he gets back into MLS and how long and what the situation is because he is someone who you know has won an MLS Cup uh, and did, like we said, did something special in Salt Lake, and he has not been able to do that in his two positions following that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. What was the the last one you were talking about?
2: Oh, the Wayne Rooney one. We could skip that. I just mentioned that.
3: That's not done, right? No, it's not done. It's still in the works. That feels a little bit awkward that it's been talked about at such a high level for so long and not done yet.
2: Some news from Canada, other than the vote that happened. um, uh, The the women, the U17 women's team, will be going to the World Cup thanks to a a late winner from Anderson-Williams. In the 88th minute, Jordan scored in the game. Jordan too, right? scored in the just after halftime. A PK by Haiti uh, tied it up in the 76th, and then they got the winner in the 88th. What do, um,
3: what do we say on the last show, show? Revenge is best served at the U17 level. Yeah,
2: and so <laughs> so it'll be Mexico, uh, United States, and Canada advancing in, as the CONCACAF representatives. Go don't get them! Re- Go get them! Don't remember him. where the World Cup is. I'm drawing it's- a blank. Uh, South America somewhere, isn't it? Or no? I, I can't remember. I can't remember either now.
3: Um, I wanted to say South Korea, but I don't think that's it. Uh,
2: Karina LeBlanc, uh, named as oh, yeah. head of CONCACAF women's football. Now, from uh, in the quick interview, and they only talked about this position for just like 30 seconds on, on, on air, I saw that the... This is more, she's not going to be really, uh, working with, uh, the bigger countries like Canada, Mexico, and the United States. She's there to really help the, the lesser countries, um, like say Guatemala or Nicaragua, uh, even smaller countries that like that Developed develop the women's their program. women's program yeah. essentially. So that's, that's what her position is. Um, Canada, US, Mexico, they don't need that much help at this point. So it's really to help the smaller ones. So congratulations to her for that. She, she is,
3: she is awesome. Yeah. and and she she will do well wherever she goes and so i'm really happy for her and proud of her and looking forward to seeing how uh what what she gets to do in this new role
2: she's utterly like a, a, a dynamic person oh, and yeah. a, a dynamic personality and she will if, if she's given the right um uh, resources, she will get this thing up and running and, and, and make it be, uh, more competition in she has, uh, she
3: has a chance to improve women's football in the region and yeah. I think she's going to grab that with both hands and run with
2: For it. For sure. Um, A.S. uh is going to advance in the Canadian Championship to play um, Ottawa after a one nothing win over Oakville. Um, that away goal in the first half essentially clinched it for them. Yeah. Um, uh, what do you think about their? Obviously, we don't get to. We'll actually probably get to see the first time they play because <laughs> they're only going to see highlights otherwise. Um, what do you think of how it's working out for them? Obviously, they're going to be playing Ottawa, and then the winner plays TFC.
3: Yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, it, it probably nice both for them and for Ottawa that you know it's the closer game, the, the two clubs that are closer. Um, so that that should be good i want it would be interesting to see if anyone from ottawa travels for the the opening away leg uh but obviously ottawa fury like this is where you know normally in cup competitions it's like hey different leagues opportunity for giant killing yeah is there a chance for that yeah it, however does not feel likely at all it feels more like uh, an exercise in seeing how much energy Ottawa will have to expend to to advance to the semifinals. Yeah, but you you, you know wish them well, hope for some some good games, and uh, it'll be interesting to see as the competition grows. This, this is what, what needs to happen, and. It's great to bring in clubs from lower level, and you, uh, you just hope that, I guess. Like hopefully this h- expands more. Yeah, and, ho- and hopefully this game is competitive. These two games are competitive. For sure. Yeah.
2: That's, that's the most important part, because then it'll open up more doors for the smaller clubs. Um, the Last thing we'll talk about, congratulations. Obviously, we would have talked this if we talked Whitecaps more, but the U15s, uh, there's no playoffs for them but they won their division. Uh, they, they played a similar schedule. There's probably They didn't travel as much as the U-17s or U-19s, but they did win their Northwest division. Um, I think it was pretty convincing for them, too. Um, Who coached? Who's, you know, I know, I can't remember. Because that's what used to be, like, earnings. It's, it's all over the place. Cause they sw- league, yeah, yeah. Er, uh, Robert Nurchard was going to be coaching that before he went down to Fresno. Uh, but we are, are going to be having residency week. It started with the U-19s preview. We'll have a U-17s preview to come up or, uh, just before the week. Um, there'll be interviews with Simon Collin, uh, Theo Bear, Jose Hernandez, and then our ones to watch, which I'm hoping I can get done. (laughs) It's going to be difficult. A lot of work this week. So hopefully we'll be able to get that done and get it out to you, but watch out for that. Are you having, you, you had a get together with the CPL. Yeah, there was uh, a few
3: people got together for CPL on the weekend. And then the game. Um, the Croatian Nigeria uh, too. Uh,
2: yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know how much you can talk about that, but uh, I just want to ask you if you have anything else planned in the future or get togethers uh, for games. I
3: think there, I think there will be at least one more gathering during the World Cup to watch games and and talk. There was some action kind of stuff that came out of the the gathering where some people are going to follow up on a few things to see to talk about talking about the you know the best way forward and, yeah. and that kind of stuff. So we'll we'll see how that we'll see how that goes and see what comes of that and. Um, yeah there's things happening uh and so look on social media for more opportunities to be involved one of the one of the things about th- these this has been this was the first kind of full all in out public kind of <laughs> gathering yeah, yeah there have been other gatherings yeah um, so one of the things that and, and going to them for me that's been nice is just getting to know some people who i didn't know before there's there's people who are uh, have been entrenched in the supporter community for many years, who so it's like you know you hang out and you're friends with and you know them, and then each of the the number of gatherings that have happened it's these new people that it, that I don't know that it's been great to get to know them and uh hear of their passion hear their excitement for the possibilities of the Canadian Premier League coming to the Fraser Valley in the years ahead.
2: Yeah, well, hopefully it works out and uh we'll talk more. I'm not I'm not 100% sure we we'll ha- we do have a Look out for uh, also the, the midweek podcast. I think we're going to have one this week. Oh, Joe Deasy? Yeah, I think so. And, and yeah. Nicholas? Yeah, uh, I talked to Joe in the weekend. right now. Nicholas yeah. is in the lead of our uh, pool. Yeah, um, let's, not ta- let's not talk I'll, about it. I'll that. reveal the results after don't. the first round of yeah, matches. I can't. Uh,
3: I, I I just thought that was an internal thing. No, no. And then no. you guys start publishing all this stuff. No. Why like, would
2: oh. Why would we waste our time with just internal? We need to because we're friends. I don't know. <laughs> Does
3: everything have to be public? Everything. Does everything good. have to be an article?
2: Everything's got to be a competition. Um, I'm no.
3: going to get smoked. I just chose te- teams and but countries you like. That, that oh, I oh liked. you didn't know that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I just. Oh, well. Dude, I chose Panama. I know. <laughs> I saw that. Um, no, but
2: uh, we'll talk more. And hopefully, I, I believe they're getting together. They'll, they'll preview the match going forward. If this doesn't happen, you, Michael, you can cut this mm-hmm. out. Uh, they'll preview the match. And they'll also, they'll run down the games that happen up to their point when they record. Mm-hmm. And then we'll c- catch up with next week uh, all the rest of the World Cup games. Gen- so, so, you so you won't have to talk about England next week at all because they'll cover it. Oh, I don't
3: mind talking about England. Oh,
2: especially if they lose.
3: Wow. Yeah.
2: Um, so, before we say goodbye, where can the, everybody find you at, Zach?
3: For me, on um, the old uh, tweet box, it's um, at Zachary AM, and I'm a part of the Movement Curva Collective.
2: And you can find me uh, at Whitecaps Beat, and you can find Michael at AFTN Canada, and everything on AFTN.ca. Um, again, look out for Residency Week, look out for Whitecap stuff. I don't know if we're doing World Cup stuff, I don't think so. There's too much.
3: Thanks for hanging out this week with Steve and I, whether, oh, yeah. listen, whether you listened live or, or you're, or you're listening on the podcast, thanks for hanging out with us.
2: Yeah, and so um, in the meantime and in between time, that's another episode of the AFTN podcast. We'll catch you next week. See ya.
1: Go into your first match is an experience you'll never forget.